Hey, legends, you know, none of our interviews or episodes ever date, ever. They are all timeless and ready for you for when you're ready to listen. Download the lot and rip in. This episode is brought to you by our wonderful sponsors, Galaxy Finance. Sponsors and personal friends that I trust, that I trust enough to go to with questions about my own finances. That's not a sales pitch, that's fact. Any questions, any queries, they have the solutions from home loan lending to complete financial planning. With official interest rates at an all-time low, the lenders want your business. With Galaxy Finance, they'll do all the work for you and find the best possible deal. They'll do it all. Get in contact, ask for Leanne, and mention Unfiltered for a free chat. A free chat. No obligations, a free chat just by mentioning Unfiltered. Galaxyfinance.com.au is where you can find them. Joining us on a very social Christmas, the Motley crew from full credit to the boys, Sid Punt's former legend, two guys that just love the term staff writers. Are you two a bit the same as me every time you see a article on one of the websites of the major brands and it says staff writers, you think... This is either the 13-year-old work experience kid or someone with no testicles. I don't know about you, Andy, but whenever I see staff riders, I think, didn't staff riders get arrested for dancing on bonnets of cars? Well, I'm not sure. So. <laughs> staff riders slash player managers, I think, write those, <laughs> most of those articles. Exactly right. Hey, boys, how are we looking back at 2021? Another odd year, a year in Queensland for the best part for – our wonderful game, but how are we looking back on the year? Well, let's start with some house rules here, Andy. Can we swear on this podcast? Absolutely, legend. Because <laughs> I'm not sure whether we're allowed to swear on any podcast anymore because Brendan Smith fucked that for everyone because <laughs> how many times did he say fuck? Was it 62? I mean, fuck that guy. He's an amateur for a start, but um, I just want to know where we stand. <laughs> What's that Should I be keeping a tally? 58 to go. Sid, keep them down. <laughs> I'll, I'll write this down. We'll see how far we get. Oh, dear. Andy, we Andy, we started coming out of a COVID uh, lockdown. We went back into it. And um, what could go wrong with telling a whole league of rugby league players to stay inside and don't mix with people? <laughs> I mean, honestly, there was no recipe for disaster there. It seems so long ago. Cast your mind back to July this year, Andy, when we're all in lockdown. People yep. couldn't leave their homes. Families were affected. People lost their jobs. It was a hell of a time. Uh, the Dragons decided during this period of social upheaval there'd never be a better time than to get on the cans and cook a chop on the barbie. But here we are. Problem was, from all reports down Shell Harbour Way, that the boys got a bit rowdy. The neighbours rang the boys in blue. Or, or, almost all the neighbours did, because if you mark Riddell, he swears they were singing church hymns and reading passages <laughs> from the Bible, but whatever. Um, by the time a couple of the squad cars arrived, blokes in red and white polo shirts were piss bolting in every direction from all reports, jumping fences, carrying on. 
poor old Jack DeBell, and he said he was just out walking his dog and somehow got dragged into this mess. Although later on we found out he was hiding under a bed. I mean, call me old-fashioned, Andy, but if there's a bloke you don't want hiding under your bed, it'd be Jack, wouldn't it? Um, uh, yeah, so rumour has it that Jack uh, heard the cops arrived and went out the back door, which is a bit of a habit of Jack, to be honest. Uh, criminal mastermind, Corey Norman. Corey Norman left him. Left his, left his wallet behind. All I kept thinking when I heard he left his wallet behind, remember that scene in Pulp Fiction when the robbers in the cafe steal Samuel L. Jackson's wallet and he asks for it back and yeah. they say which one is his and he says it's the one with bad motherfucker on it. <laughs> I had this vision of the cops walking up and finding a wallet on the barbecue out the back and they picked it up and knew straight away it was Corey Norman's wallet because it just had, yeah, brah, <laughs> on it. But it went over both sides, so... Oddly, after all this blew up, the NRL suspended the Dirty Dragons dozen. I think they'll call them once. Those staff riders definitely called them that at least once. Um, they banned them after the barbecue, although it'd be fair to argue that sitting players out like Corey, Corey Norman only made the Dragons stronger. So I don't know where the hell you'd go if you had drawn them in that time. Um, at the same time, we had Appy Corris out. He was also caught the ire of the COVID police when he entered the, the world of people smuggling. <laughs> Oddly enough, he didn't go the traditional route of the uh, people smugglers by jump, throwing on a 1,000 people into a fishing trawler and heading across the waters. He smuggled a very attractive blonde lady into our uh, origin camp via an elevator. Now, mark my words here, Andy, there'll be blokes in Indonesia assessing Appy's cunning <laughs> strategy as we speak and asking why haven't they gone down the elevator route instead of sending dodgy boats over the Timor Sea. Poor old Appy, he had it coming from all angles. Actually, he did come, have it come from all angles from all reports. Uh, when you think about it, he, he, imagine being publicly shamed for breaching the COVID bubble and endangering the Origin Series and maybe even the NRL. Yeah. It might have been the first time, I reckon, in the history of rugby league that a bloke asked the NRL to double his suspension just so he didn't have to go home. <laughs> it, it was. It was disgraceful behaviour from Api Corusau. But he has apologised to everyone, boys. So I think one more year of punishment should be enough before all is forgiven and he starts his contract with the mighty West Tigers. Forget about all that. <laughs> he wasn't even the last one with poor behaviour. Like you say, when you put every rugby league player up in a hotel in Queensland, who would have thought anything could go wrong? <laughs> Reese Walsh got himself into trouble at a nightclub on the Gold Coast with a bag of white powder. It was cocaine, boys. <laughs> but I finally... I finally realise why Reese Walsh has such dreamy eyes. It's those big dilated pupils, I reckon. Well, like you say, he got caught with coke on the Gold Coast. I mean, it's hardly a story, is it? I mean, 19-year-old man caught with a bag of the devil's dandruff on Cavill Avenue on the Gold Coast. We've all been to schoolies, boys. I mean, Sid's been to the last 14. He knows what goes on up there. Let's go back. <laughs> How was it? Yeah, it's good. It's good. My only worry is... People were talking Reese could go to jail if the cops went real hard on him. I'm not sure jail might be the best bloke, best place for a bloke with the beautiful eyes of Reese. I mean, um, popularity is fine when you're in the running for the Dally M, but uh, I don't know whether chasing best newcomer in cell block H is a prize I'd be having a crack at. <laughs> but even after all of that, it still didn't stop them. We had Brandon Smith and Cameron Munster partying with a bag of white powder. But we don't know what that white powder was, boys. When they fronted the board, they said they were too drunk to know what it was. Any suggestions what it might be? I'm not sure. The Melbourne board seemed happy with that. Look over there. Don't look over here. 
Now Brandon Smith has been hauled before the board for swearing too much on a podcast. That's that's the worst fucking crime out there. <laughs> Don't you reckon? No one knew what that white powder was, but Cassie from uh, Columbia said it looked like headphones to her. <laughs> We don't know. We weren't there. We don't know. <laughs> oh, dear. Another year of scandal in the National Rugby League. Uh, you wouldn't be dead for quids. We absolutely love it. What about coaches under the pump? They are the focus of everyone on Monday. If you have a big loss, your job security is just about minimal. You say that, but I can think of one bloke that doesn't seem to be under the pump despite his performances. And it's a performance of the year from this bloke, Kevin Walters. I mean, not his coaching, obviously. That was shithouse. But when the Broncos were four wins and 12 losses, Kevin came out with a dead-set straight face and asked the club for a contract extension. Fair dinkum. I don't reckon Robert De Niro could have held character for as long as Kevin did when he said, I wouldn't mind going for a couple more years, boys. Get the checkbook out. We're ready to go. This is a bloke who led his team to the second fewest tries in the comp for the year. Uh, and then looked him in the eye and, and, and asked to, to be there for longer. Don't forget, for every try that the Broncos score, Buck the horse does a lap of some court. And I've never seen a fatter horse than Buck in 2021. <laughs> Even Clive Palmer told him to news or looking at his diet and watch his waist. Poor old Buck's in that bad a condition. He had to sit down halfway around one of the laps uh, later on in the year when he finally got to do one. And I still think, although, come to think of it, He's in better nick than the, my tip in the Melbourne Cup this year, Andy. It's never a good sign when your jockey goes out with a log. Poor old Buck. He's, he's looking forward to being glue, I think. But, uh, has the Courier Mail put out a picture of Kevy saying this man will win a premiership yet? They, they should. I think Kevy put that picture out. <laughs> <laughs> hey, legends. I hope you're enjoying this edition of Andy Raymond Unfiltered. Would you like to be part of our team? Our sponsorship packages, they're ready to go. From scripted ads to website placement and social media promotions, personal appearances, voice recordings and more, the opportunities are limited only by your imagination. You set the terms. Unfiltered is reaching hundreds of thousands of potential clients every single week. And we cater to businesses both big and small. We'll work with you to guarantee you get exactly what you want, how you want, and when you want. If you're interested in joining our team, go to the website and hit the sponsorship tab, andyraymondunfiltered.com.au. Speaking of... It could have been Fox Sports. It could have been Fox Sports, exactly right. Um <laughs> Jeez, there we go. I've mentioned the name. Um, we've got a new club in the NRL. Speaking of Brizzy, we've got a new club in the NRL, the Dolphins. Uh, we don't know where they're from, gentlemen. Uh, does that rub you the wrong way? Yeah, it sure does. It's, it's exciting having a new club joining in 2023, expanding rugby league into non-traditional rugby league areas like Brisbane. <laughs> it's a bold move. <laughs> it's a bold move by the NRL hierarchy. Uh, a few clubs this year used... Was Shanghai taken, Sid? Was Shanghai taken? <laughs> sure, it was an option. So, uh, a few clubs used the Redcliffe Dolphins ground for games this season due to COVID. So everyone in Sydney got to know who the Redcliffe Dolphins were. So when they announced there's a new team called the Dolphins, everyone's like, oh, is that the Redcliffe Dolphins? No, we can't say. <laughs> Where are they from? No, we can't tell you. It's a strange decision from the club. 
Greg Florimo is calling them the North Sydney Dolphins, speaking of flogging a dead horse, boys. But uh, they should be called the player manager Dolphins because they're the gift that keeps on giving for player managers. Every player's in talks with the Dolphins. No signings yet. Only team happy that the Dolphins are in the comp. It's probably St. George because they might get a win up. <laughs> I've, got, I've got two problems with the Dolphins, I've got to be honest. First of all, I'm not sure why they're playing Arsenal soccer jersey. I mean, that, that's an odd decision for mine. Yeah, quite, quite. Not, not the most catching of jerseys. I've got to be honest. But then, not sure naming an NRL team the Dolphins. That's not ideal, is it? I mean, we all know Dolphins get a bit rapey, and you know, <laughs> the wrong signing, and that could go real south real quick. I reckon. They're of course coming into the comp in 2023. Uh, I don't know about you two. I'm not liking players signing for clubs 18 months out. I just think it uh, it's a bad look for the game. Look, I get the business interests of the players. I get the security and all of that. But for the look of the game, uh, it's a big no from me. What say you two? Well, I think before these current times, Andy, if a new club had came in and started poaching from the Broncos, no one would have complained. Yeah, I think if now if they if they poach from the Broncos, Redcliffe will complain. But let's talk about your mob, Andy. <laughs> I mean, they've got thirteen players coming off contract all at the one time, and they've just suddenly realised that the players, or more specifically, player managers, might have all the power right now. I mean, I haven't seen a club with a more baffling recruiting and retention decision since the Tigers had the Big Four all coming off contract all at once. Although, let's be honest, the big four were essentially Tedesco and three fringe first graders, as it turned out. But, I mean, Parramatta have already lost Mahoney, Papali, uh, Niakore, uh, and then they released a bizarre statement uh, taking aim at disrespectful staff writers while vowing to pay their players fairly. I mm. mean, the last time they won a comp was in 86, Andy, as I'm sure you know, and I don't know, there's a real 86 vibe at the heels right now. When I say that, I mean... It sounds like they're going to pay them 86 wages. So um, I'm not sure that that's the tactic I'd be running with. I don't know, Andy. Is it starting to get a real Scott Fulton or Ben Anderson vibe down there at uh, Paramount? Is Brad Arthur watching blokes leave knowing that it ensures his young bloke might get a run each week? Oh, it's, uh, dear. It's, it's, not, it's not all bad news, obviously. I mean, they threw the kitchen sink at uh, Clint Taurus Gutherson, only for him to come out and say he was never going to leave anyway. I mean, that must have been coveting to Parramatta fans, knowing They've thrown up some serious coin on a bloke that he rec- reckons he wasn't going to go anywhere. I haven't seen blokes leaving a club so quick since Sid down four cabbage rolls and three schooners are two years old and then started working the old you know, backdoor bugle in the poker machine at the Mortdale RSL. I mean, he's clear, talking about clearing a club. And some of those eels have had the same expressions on their faces as the patrons of the uh, Mortdale RSL that day too. Look, uh, you weren't supposed to mention that incident at Mortdale RSL former, but... <laughs> Look, it's not looking good for the Eels' premiership window. It's quite clearly been smashed, Andy. Yep. But the Eels the Eels have signed Mary McGregor as an assistant coach. The club announced that. Masterstroke. Masterstroke. Yeah. The, the Parramatta Eels club announced that the same week that 13 of their players started looking at their options. Sid, I've got to ask, how did they get him? How did they get him? He was in demand. <laughs> Apparently, Park Spaceman said $3,000, we're out. No, we, we can't compete with that sort of dollars. Oh, yeah, nah. be, uh, it's a good move from the club. Too good. Hey, boys, um, 
highlights of the year. What are you going to look back on uh, fondly? Uh, well, for me, boys, the best story of the year was the mighty Petty Panthers taking out the Premiership. As a West Tigers fan, I could not be happier for Ivan Judas Cleary. I felt so happy for him. The way he built up the Tigers, it was no surprise to me that he would have success at the Panthers. And after that famous victory, the Panthers players then went on to party for weeks, celebrating Gus Gould's achievements. People wanted to bag the players' boys for their partying ways, but, but I won't hear it. Sure, they broke the trophy, but no one cares about the history of the game anymore. No one even knew that Norm Proven and Richard Simmons are on the trophy until Tyrone May's girlfriend broke it. So let's all move on and just celebrate a fantastic victory from Judas Cleary and the boys at the foot of the mountains. Well, my highlight of the year actually mentions one of the boys from Penrith and, and great Gus Goulding, as you, as you said there, Sid. I yep. mean, when the dogs signed the inside-out Ugg boot, kick out, <laughs> and then took a photo of him, for reasons best known to themselves. I mean, they've got 12 months to crack out the photos. It was a then, mystery, wasn't it? It was very strange. Was a, yeah. The highlight for me was how slim Gus looked in that photo, Sid. I mean, it must have been 13 or 14 photos until he was happy with the lighting. And he, <laughs> he dropped 10 kilos in that shot. I'd like to see the 13 other photos they took first up because he, he has got uh, – well, he's got, got the uh, – He's got the Michelin tire around his guts, let's be honest. But, um, yeah, that's my highlight. I'm, I'm loving seeing Kikau, the inside-out Ugg boot, in a Bulldogs jersey playing for the Penrith Panthers. Oh, it's, it's, it's an exciting time to be alive. Boys, um, can we get through an off-season without any more dramas before kick-off 2022? What are we looking at, over or under four scandals? Are you talking about just this podcast when you put it out tomorrow or are you talking about <laughs> Yeah, it's it's got to be over for. We've got to do thirty episodes next year. <laughs> yeah. We love an off off season scandal. I tell you, Andy, NRL's two things: it's a forgiving game, and it's a giving game. Oh. We forgive the sins of many, but geez, I tell you what, we take the piss out of the the ones that do give us the sins because. Without without all those sinners, it's a pretty bland old foot podcast. Full credit to the boys. I'll give you the red hot tip. Sid Punts and former legend, they are from Full Credit to the Boys podcast, as you have just witnessed. Absolutely hilarious. Check them out. Gentlemen, Merry Christmas. I hope Santa's good, and I look forward to catching up again in 2022. Brother, thank you for coming on our podcast. Uh, thank you to all your listeners. I'm, I'm pretty sure we'd have a fair crossover of listeners. Uh, have a good Christmas yourself. May everyone stay safe. And um, let's look forward to the first scandal in 2022 and maybe move forward with many more after that. I couldn't agree more. Thanks for having us, Andy. I think we should do – I think this went pretty well. We should probably pitch this to Triple M, the Andy, Sid and Former show. Yeah. I heard there's some gaps over there. They're looking for more footy content and dick jokes. So make it happen, Andy. Yep, okay. I wouldn't mind a third of the Moon Man's wage if you can organise it. That was uh... – <laughs> Thanks, legends. There you have it, another Andy Raymond Unfiltered podcast. What a year 2021 has been. The unique thing about this podcast is that you can listen to any episode, any time, and it'll make sense. Nothing is time critical, meaning the episodes don't date, ever. They're ready for you for when you're ready to listen. So subscribe to the podcast once you're done listening here and check out the biggest library of interviews in the game and start downloading. 
The biggest names, the biggest interviews, the biggest stories, all in the one place. Before you go, we'd love for you to hit that five-star rating for us on the app you're listening on. Write a review too. We'd love that. It helps us grow the brand and bring you more in 2022. Have a wonderful Christmas and New Year. Look after yourselves and make sure you come back soon, legends. The legend of the NRL roast has joined us. No such thing as a quiet day in rugby league. Once again, that is ringing true. No off-season as such for content producers either, legend. Andy, mate, you call me a legend. I'm joined uh, by you, the the legend. (laughs) So, mate, thanks very much for having me on. And you're right, this uh, NRL never sleeps. It just continues on. The train keeps rolling, even in the middle of an Ashes test where, you know, there's something going on in football. It is amazing that it it just seems to get busier in the off season every single season. I get you know I get worried. I'm like, oh, the end of the season, I you know I get anxious. Like, there's not going to be enough content, or you know, there's not going to be enough stories or anything like that. But mate, it just keeps delivering. There's always something. In is rugby league in a better place now than what it was 12 months ago? Have we been progressive for another another season? In, in which way, in like a social sense or in, in, yeah, a, no, in just a in, game overall? The game itself to start with and then we'll go to the socials, yeah. So oh, look, I, I, I don't delve too much into the, the whole politics and all that, but personally like watching the product that we have and um, seeing what the fans say, I don't think we are, to mm. be honest. Um, I, I myself find, you know, looking at the game going, this isn't the game that – you know, even five years ago, I know we evolve. I know we change all mm. the time and it's good to to do that. But I sort of look at myself going, oh, is this the way we want to go? Is this where we want to go? And that's the sense of the, that I get from the fans in the comment section of my posts and things like that. But, you know, it's, you've got to give it time. Um, it's it's one year in of, a, you know, a new, a lot of new rules and things. So I don't know, maybe ask me in another 12 months and I might have a different answer. But for now, like, I don't know, I'm, I'm a bit hesitant to uh, – to say I'm, I'm, I'm thinking the game's going in a good direction. From a social perspective, is it healthier? Yeah, absolutely. The, um, the players are way more involved than ever. Yeah. Um, they start, they've got a, a lot bigger voice than, um, than they ever have. So, you know, we've got the characters in the game that we see all the time. Uh, you know, guys like the Cheese, Munster, um, Dylan Brown, like guys that are using social for, for good. They're engaging with the fans. Mm. Um, where, you know, five years ago that they weren't, um, there wasn't much, it was more promotion of, of things. They weren't really, didn't have a voice. So I think social, yeah, they, they interact with um, so many fans posts and, um, you know, other player media and things like that. So yeah, social wise, yeah, absolutely. Let's go with your socials, which I absolutely love. What topic generates the most interest? Um, geez. When they play up in the off season, always always generates a bit of is, chat. Is it but, scandal? Um, is it? Sorry. Is it scandal? Is it? Yeah, yeah. Look, Q 
curiosity. People want to know like what yeah. the players are doing off the field. Um, and when something happens, they they love to have a voice, whether it's good or bad. Yeah. Um, and I don't think, you know, can't really shut down the fans' voices. We they they deserve an opinion. Um and unfortunately the, the scandals generate a bigger opinion than most. Um, you know, things happen on a field, um, spectacular tries, you're seeing it more and more with you know, guys like Brian Toe and mm. and Stephen Crichton of the Panthers, you know, when they're scoring tries and entertaining the crowd afterwards, um, we post up that those sort of highlights and people just froth on that. So mm. um, that sort of stuff, as much as the scandal, yeah, everyone loves to jump in on a scandal and that gets the clicks. Uh, I tend to see a lot more of the highlights, those spectacular tries and um, big hits and, and stuff like that. A lot of fans get behind. What are the fans saying in terms of, you know, the controversies and the dozens of controversies that we face every year? Um, are there still those times where you sit back and go, oh, wow, this is getting towards that line that I don't want to cross? Yeah, it's 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 hard to, you know, and uh, hard to know what to, what to post and when to post it. And, yeah. Um, I've been caught in the past and I've always, you know, put my hand up and said, you know, I probably shouldn't have posted things okay. and, and th- stuff like that. But, um, yeah, the, the, the fans, like I said, they, they love to have an opinion on mm. things, whether it's good or bad. Um, but, yeah, it's it's hard to know. Like, you know that the, the media are going to jump on something. They're going to write an article that's going to get the clicks and things. You know, sometimes it's good to have a bit of a unique look, a bit of a comedy look. You yeah. know, what, what can you say that's funny about it? Um, maybe – not so much take the player's side uh, as, you know, take the media side and make it a them versus the player, mm. but maybe have a look at it from the player side and go, oh, maybe it wasn't so bad or, yep. you know, like I said, try and have a bit of a laugh with it and, and get the fans behind them. You're very quick, very clever with your posts on socials. Looking at the lighter side of the game and the personalities, is as, as you said, is that your – screwed up head and sense of humor just without any filter i guess back back when i first started so i've been doing it for just under five years now and we were like i was just a bit wild you know um whatever first popped into my head i'd throw out now i've got to stop and think about it but (laughs) mate yeah that you you probably don't want a window inside my head sometimes it is um it does get crazy and and even when people speak to me they go oh you don't you're a lot different in person than what the page sort of projects. And, yep. and it is, it's, it's so much easier to be funny on, um, you know, on a social media page or on paper compared to in person. Um, but yeah, it's just, you know, seeing what the fans do, what they engage with. We take a lot of inspiration from uh, American stuff as well. And, yep. and they have a, you know, a few tweaks just, just to make it Australian for uh, Australia-fied sort of thing. So, you know, we all love banter. We all love taking the piss out of each other. Um, and, you know, if you can do that via social, it, it creates a bit of a you know, good environment. The punters love your content. What about the players? Yeah, mate, look, um, yeah, the players get behind it as long as it's good, in, in good nature. Yep. Um, and, and sometimes the players don't as well. Like I've had a couple that block me and um, send me a message, you know, telling me to pull my head in and things like that. And I'm like, cool, you, you've just taken it the wrong way. That, that's yep. fine. I'm not going to hold it against you. Um, and I'll, I'll, you know, obviously look at it and go, okay, I'll try and be better. Mm. But majority of them get in the comments. They love, you know, taking the piss out of each other even more. Like I chatted with just recently, chatted with um, Matty Croker of the Knights. Yep. And he took the piss out of um, Tyson Frizzell. They're in the comments at the moment, sort of, you know, taking the piss out of each yeah. other, which is just good to see. It shows the fans that they, A, 
can take the piss mm. and as long as it's in good nature it's all it's all good fun so um mate, the majority of the players do love that sort of content and, and get behind it as they should the emergence of mark nichols as the goat awesome social media interaction mark getting the recognition he actually deserves because he's a really good footballer and a good fella it's a good endorsement on the power of social media and what you can achieve using it correctly Absolutely. You um, go, go back a couple of years with um, Jeremy Lattimore and, uh, you know, we, we sort of started calling him the goat from when he, he punched Cameron Smith in the in the nuts. Yep. Um, just a bit of good fage, good beer. And I didn't think it would do much. It got to the point where he he's walking down the street and people are calling him the goat and things Love like that, that and yelling it out, wearing T-shirts at the games and all that sort of stuff. So um, it shows like when the players get behind it, and look, he he was self-admitted that he wasn't the greatest player of all time, mm. um, but he was sort of the greatest player off the field. He'd yeah. muck up, you know, muck around. He was the greatest bench player, I think, all that sort of stuff. And now it's sort of passed on where you go, okay, let's call him the GOAT. It's not the greatest of all time. It's just a funny um, uh, moniker that we give people. Yep. Mark Nichols has taken it, and, and believe it was from the players as well, which makes it even better. They started calling him the GOAT in the Brilliant. sheds. Um, and he's run with it. You see his big mustache that he grew from November. He raised like, uh, I think, three and a half grand or something. Beautiful. Um, his speeches that he gave to um, the, the South when he took over the captaincy mm. and um, when, he, when he scored a double and he's doing the big bus driver, stuff like that where the players get behind it. Mm. Um, self-admittedly, they might be taking the piss out of themselves as well if they get on that bandwagon then just creates some good-natured content. Let's talk a little bit of footy. Players changing clubs. Who's going to be the biggest loss? For season 2020 or for next year. Yeah. Um, look, I think the the couple that um, Melbourne have lost, yeah. um, Dale Finucane and Nico Hines, I think they're probably the biggest losses. You look at like the huge loss for Melbourne and just a, mass, a massive gain for Cronulla. Oh, they go man, from yeah. being that edge, a top eight side to, you know, they could be um, potentially in the top four mm. looking to, to break into it. And then you look at, Melbourne losing them, you know, it's going to be tough. Like so many years, media's come down on Melbourne and said, you know, they've lost Slater, they've lost Smith, they've lost Cronk. They're going to, there's a downfall happening. Yeah. Um, they seem to overcome it every year, but this year just seems that, you know, that extra tough. They've gone through that bad um, off season as well and then yeah. the, the loss of them. So for me, it's, it's those two. I think they're the biggest loss for, for any club. Hey, legends, I hope you're enjoying this edition of Andy Raymond Unfiltered. Would you like to be part of our team? Our sponsorship packages, they're ready to go. From scripted ads to website placement and social media promotions, personal appearances, voice recordings and more, the opportunities are limited only by your imagination. You set the terms. Unfiltered is reaching hundreds of thousands of potential clients every single week. And we cater to businesses both big and small. We'll work with you to guarantee you get exactly what you want, how you want, and when you want. If you're interested in joining our team, go to the website and hit the sponsorship tab, andyraymondunfiltered.com.au. Dale, he is my man crush, following on from Les Davidson, Adrian Morley and Greg Bird. I do think he's the difference for the Sharks moving forward, on and off the field, a natural leader and a 
the type of guy that it doesn't matter what social post you read, the fans just love him. They respect him as the bloke that goes out there and tries to hurt people every game. I've seen so many, like, he's one of the hardest hitters. Yeah. Um, but he seems like just the nicest bloke off yeah. the field too. Um, but, yeah, in, in uh, social, I don't think I've ever seen a bad word said about mm. him. Um, I might be wrong. There might be might be plenty. But for me, I, I haven't seen it. Um, and, yeah, what he's going to bring to that um, shark side is just unbelievable. So, But that's a quartet of uh, man crushes that you've got there. Isn't it? You, uh, <laughs> Greg Bird. <laughs> you wouldn't want to fight him, would you? Les Davidson, oh. Adrian Morley, Greg Bird and Dale Fanuke, and they would fucking chew out anyone. <laughs> Hey, I'm going to tell you you what would be a good Sunday session with them. Oh, wouldn't it? It would go on to next Saturday. Uh, Most curious signing of 22. I've got the Knights signing Dane Gagai. Now, before anyone says what the hell are you talking about, Dane's going to be 31 when 2022 starts. He signed a three-year deal. I can't recall a centre in career-best form in their early to mid-30s. Big dollars. And it's club Dane not state of origin, Dane, as well. Yeah, look, um, if you look back at his, you know, he's obviously a few few years on now from his previous night's days, but you look at um, when he was there under Wayne Bennett, he was playing some really good football. Um, whether going back to that environment, uh, I know it's a little bit different now with, with what the club's got there, but mm. um, it, it is a curious signing, I would say. Um, but, you know, we've, we've seen sort of worse signings. I think... Um, Give him, give him a you know a few months to sort of get back, settle back mm. in there. He's got some great talent around. You look at Bradman Best, Nari Tuala, um, and you know the great you know Carlin Ponga there. Yeah. Um, even those forwards, Clem Saifidi brothers, is a good squad they've got near, there now. Uh, give it a couple of months and see what happens. But um, yeah, not sure. Feel your social posts across the year discuss the following: Who did the fans vote for? Best tats. Best hats. Um, actually, didn't get many many comments on that one, but I'd say um, Tariq Sims has got got plenty. Yeah. Uh, if you look at his, he's got some some great back tats and uh, all over his chest and down his arms. So he he got a fair few mentions. You look at uh, Tyson Frizzell with his with his rock tattoo. Yeah. He's uh, he's quite up there. Um, and who was someone recently um, got some work done? Might have been Junior Paulo. Um, okay. He's, he's got some great ink. So plenty of ink going around. I'd love to chat with some of the players and get some stories behind them. Yeah. Because I think, um, you know, we might only see a few little ones. You see Kalen Pong as weird ones that he's got. Yep. I'd love to know just the stories behind them and um, why they got them and what it means to them because I think that's probably more important to to the fans to see what's, what's happening there. For best tats of the year, we might run um, the perpetual Josh Dugan medal because Dug's covered – Head to toe. Uh, best worst haircut. What were the fans saying? You could almost name like a haircut, and it would win both best and worst. Yeah, but, um, that's right. R- Ryan Ryan Pappenhausen's hair. He uh, he's continued that mullet. It's it's just flowing. Um, he would he would be up there for best. Uh, worst was um, Clint Gutherson when he had a rat's tail for about a day. Oh yes, I do <laughs> it was recall. Bald and just had this rat's tail at the back. And honestly, I think he got he. he Got photographed at training, and the very next day it was gone. So yeah. I don't think it got a great reception on social media. It did get um, resold a little bit, but uh, yeah, best I'd say Ryan Pappenhausen, worse Clint Gutherson for a whole day. Gutho going the Costa Zoo. Look, um, yeah. what was your season highlight, mate? I'm not a Panthers fan, but 
Um, I enjoyed what they did on the field. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the pressures that they had coming um, from season 2020 um, to go all the way, to do it the hard way, they, they lost to Seattle's first game mm. and to, to come back and, and, and beat uh, Melbourne, um, I thought was fantastic. Plus, for me, out there, I'm a Central West kid. There's so many kids have come through that system from, from out here. Yeah. To see them go through, win it, um, and, and do it in some style, I, you know, throughout the whole season, um, that was probably my highlight. What about your season low light? The Dragons barbecue. I'm a, I'm a Dragons oh, oh, man. Oh, we are were, you? Um, sitting in the eight when when it happened. Yep. Um, just coming off a good win, had a had a good, you know, a little bit of a good feeling. Like, you know, if we can make the eight, maybe we can cause an upset. Mm. And then to go on to not win another game after that, um, really sort of tore. Yeah, you know, tore us down. Um, didn't give us a good feeling for the rest of the year. Yeah. I didn't really enjoy, you know, especially I didn't enjoy Dragons games after that. Mm. But um, it sort of put a damper on the the whole season. That would uh, definitely be my low light. Mate, you reckon there's plenty of blokes looking back on those decisions of that weekend, saying, "Why the fuck did I do that?" Absolutely, like. You know, just just one. No thanks. Go home and have a couple of beers yeah. instead of you know doing that. And I'm sure like all of them would would uh, regret it and would make a different decision if they were put it put there now. So, yeah. but it happened. Um, they'll learn from it, and we, you know we pay the price. It shows just how one little dumb decision can um, uh, not just ruin your career, but you know ruin uh, the whole team season. So, yeah. Best story of 2021. What do you got? Um, best story. Um, you know, what I really like was, um, the, the Tiger Town doco and yeah. seeing the, um, the behind the scenes of, of a club that we, you know, we don't really get to see, yep. um, you know, ha- how it operates, what, what the coaches are saying, what the players are thinking. I've spoken to a few players afterwards and, and got their feelings on it. And they'll, you know, it's a bit of a weird feeling having the cameras there and all the microphones and all that sort of stuff around. But for us, for the fans looking at that and going, um, Jesus is a good eye opener of yep. what what happens. Um, that, along with look, look recently, you'd have to say the Brendan Smith um, podcast. Mm. Um, you, you would know, like speaking to so many people uh, via a podcast, that you know it's a different uh, environment compared to yeah. you know media and TV. Um, players are a bit more relaxed; they open up a bit more. And the way he, well, the way he spoke, I thought you know this was fantastic. It's it's great to see someone speak open, honestly, and mm. raw. Um, yeah, he might need. If he would go back, he'd probably change a few things. Mm. But to see it, just so, um, like I said, you know, very raw, very mm. honest. Uh, I, I want to see that from the players. We don't want to see the cliches at the end of every um, game. So um, this was an extension of that. Then opening up, and I want to see more of that. So, and that was a huge story. It, it just ran for a whole week, didn't it? But it, it certainly did. And look, mainstream media promoting celebrating how good Michael Maguire was swearing and his passion in Tiger Town, but then criticizing Brandon Smith on a on a podcast. Um, I think it's hypocrisy of the highest order, but it's just a huge disconnect with reality as well. Yeah, look, this is what the world is at the moment. You know, you look at a lot of uh, up-and-coming media stuff, they have podcasts. It's where you can, you know, you don't have the rules and regulations mm. of of traditional media. It's going to be different. It's going to be um, raw. It's not going to be just your cliche stuff. So, yep. um, 
Yeah, look, I want to see more of it. Um, and, and like you said, yeah, it was hypocrisy. There was even a, an article today where they sort of praised almost swearing by another player speaking about a coach. And you're like, you know, Crazy. you can't have it both ways. Yep. Exactly right. Mate, I've done a Mitchell Moses extended interview um, for the Unfiltered Legends series, and he's got cheese covered three to one. Um, no one uh, no one has objected, maybe because Brandon's putting himself out there. Maybe it was just the wrong time for Brandon. Game of the year. What was the best one you saw? Oh, um, geez, put me on the spot there. Um to give you a bit of time to think, I am running with the semi-final Penrith versus Parramatta. I thought uh, the fact that it wasn't a high-scoring game, uh, the values of, of both sides were tested. It was a defensive grind. It was as physical as I've seen. Uh, it was as emotional as I've seen. And I thought uh, that was a beauty in the semis. I don't know if I'll go a game. I'll, I'll go... I love Origin every year, mm. and I think the the whole series that what New South Wales did to to beat Queensland twice in 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 Queensland back to back. Yeah, uh, unfortunately they failed the third one, but would have been great to see a clean sweep of uh, Queensland in Queensland. Yep. Um, but I thought you know just those games like the, it seemed like there was a story every week where you know um, oh we can't go play here, so we've got to move the game. Yeah. We might be able to play just the whole whole lead up to it yep. um, and the series itself, I would pick that. It seems to be close to my highlight every year. It's a pleasure, Legend. Give a shout-out to the socials while you're here, mate. Thanks, mate. Yeah, it's um, just at the NRL Roast. Uh, you'll find me on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. And um, and also, yeah, just um, you know, get in there, get in the comments, be nice, and uh, let's have some fun. Play nice with the other kids. Check out yeah, the NRL Roast. Awesome content. Regular content and piss funny as well. This is Andy Raymond. Unfiltered, very social Christmas. There you have it, another Andy Raymond Unfiltered podcast. What a year 2021 has been. The unique thing about this podcast is that you can listen to any episode, any time, and it'll make sense. Nothing is time critical, meaning the episodes don't date, ever. They're ready for you for when you're ready to listen. So subscribe to the podcast once you're done listening here and check out the biggest library of interviews in the game and start downloading the biggest names, the biggest interviews, the biggest stories all in the one place. Before you go, we'd love for you to hit that five-star rating for us on the app you're listening on. Write a review too. We'd love that. It helps us grow the brand and bring you more in 2022. Have a wonderful Christmas and New Year. Look after yourselves and make sure you come back soon, legends. This is a very social Christmas 2021, the year in review. Could also potentially, I guess, be termed the loosest review in rugby league history because I've got no idea where we're going or how we're getting there. The legends involved 
are in control of this. I'm done being the crash test dummy for stupidity. It is someone else's turn joining us. Episode three, the rugby league guru. How are you, legend? Are you coping with no footy in the off season? I'm struggling a bit. Mate, I'm in a little bit of Barney rubble too myself. I had to uh, talk to my missus for the last few months, so that's been a, a grim little reality just quietly. Bring on the cricket and a little bit of me time. How are we looking back? Out of 10, what are we giving the season just gone as a whole? Bit of a weird season as far as, uh, you know, rule changes. And, you know, there was obviously that big gap between the top teams uh, and the bottom teams. The way that I look at it, there was probably a gap between the good coaches and the rest of the coaches, realistically. Mm. Uh, I know a lot of people on my social media pages were very upset with how it went, but mate, I just loved watching those top teams going about their mm. business. Um, I thought that final series from the Penrith Panthers, I, I still don't think people appreciate what they did. For me, I think they had to play essentially four grand finals in a row to yep. win that premiership. Um, it was incredible. I, I, I had Nathan Cleary on my podcast the other day, and – Mate, it was like talking to a 35-year-old halfback. Mm. I, had to, you know, I really had to pinch myself to realize how young he is, what he's just been through, and the support crew that he had around him. I don't think any of them are over the age of 30, you know, and to do what they did, yeah. uh, I just thought it was incredible. I remember before they played the Melbourne Storm in that prelim, I just sat there and thought, I cannot see any possible way that Penrith win this game of football. Yeah. And then a week later, they're in the grand final, and I thought, I just can't see Penrith losing this. It was it was just one of those seasons, mate. I I really enjoyed it to see Penrith climb to the top of the mountain, then have to reclimb it when it seemingly got harder. They had injuries. Mm. I think people forget, like they they lost their halves coming out of Origin as well. So uh, yep. to do what they did, simply incredible. First year without Cameron Smith, uh, essentially in my lifetime that I remember being a proper rugby league fan that didn't feature Cameron Smith, which was crazy. And I think it really showed in that prelim final, but he ices it, doesn't he? Enjoyed mate. All the storylines of Benji, Wayne Bennett, Adam Reynolds leaving, you know, the Cleary boys. And that was just the grand final. Incredible stuff. Mate, let's rip through the teams. Want to get your thoughts in the 12 months just gone report card time, I guess we'll go bottom to top Bulldogs. Yeah, Canterbury, mate, oh, I thought they'd do a little bit better uh, than what they did this year. Well, I hope so anyway. Obviously, they finished last. But, mm. um, yeah, a really interesting year for Canterbury. I just – obviously, they, they knew they had all these signings coming this year. So, I thought it would have been a really good opportunity to yeah. test out guys in positions. And I, I sort of felt like um, Kyle Flanagan moving forward was going to be the guy. I was a bit surprised to see him mm. not get minutes. I love Jake Averillo. I think he's a great footballer. But I personally don't think he's a halfback. Mm. And I look around that club and I think Flano is the only real halfback there. Uh, the other thing was that if Flano wasn't playing first grade, he was sitting in a hotel room. It's not like he was going back to Reggie's to work on mm. his trade either. So I don't know. I look at Canterbury. I look at all these great signings. There's some big names arriving there. But, you know, the, these competitions, they're one in your spine. And I still look at hooker. I'm not totally convinced on Jeremy Marshall King as a premier hooker, which mm. is what you need to win a comp, which is what they want to be doing. Uh, I look at halfback. I mean, are we going with Flano? Are we going Avarillo? I'm not really sure how it's going to play out, to be honest with you. But 
Um, I, th- I think there are a number of really good young guys there. Um, I think it's Jackson Topine. I really yeah. like the look of him. I think he's a real star of the future. Um, I kind of was a little bit uh, negative on Jeremy Marshall King there, but I think he really did improve last year. So a lot of good things going on with Canterbury. Uh, obviously got all these names walking in. I just think Matt Burton, he could be anything. I think it's going to take time. I don't think it's going to be an overnight success with Matty Burton, but um, very Brad Fittler-like, the way that he moves, the way that he comes off his left foot. Um, test for him, playing centre in the best edge in rugby league, mm. playing 5-8 for the Wooden Spooners, a big change, huge sea change. But uh, I'm excited about Canterbury moving forward, and I, uh, I kind of feel like Trent Barrett's sort of copped a little bit of unfair criticism mm. for the situations he's been in. Now, obviously, Manly didn't work out, but I'm not sure if that was ever going to work out. Trent Barrett isn't a Manly guy. You need mm. Manly guys within those walls for me to make it work. Um, I loved what he did at Penrith. I'm very interested to see how how he goes over the next few years. And Phil Gould walking in is just massive. Um, yeah, Gus is the big one the for me. Of the year. Yeah, Gus is the big one for me. Yeah. Uh, and I reckon Trent Barrett is under immediate pressure uh, as soon as 2022 starts. What about the Cowboys? Uh, a little bit lost down there in 15th. Yeah, Cowboys, I, I, I can't – if I had a dollar for every time, every multi the Cowboys lost me, I'd, oh, I'd, I'd yeah. be doing pretty well for myself. I just – I couldn't work this side out. Um, the highs and the lows they went through, obviously doesn't help when you, you, you know, you've got so much money invested in town Malolo who – no, I think I think he broke his hand three times, yep. which was just unbelievable. But then I think what people forget is that, you know, we're, we're all sitting here going, who's going to play halfback, dude, and Townsend? I mean, at the start of last year, they had Michael Morgan, a premier seven in our game, yeah. waiting for him to come back. He had to retire. Like, it leaves a – you take a star seven out of any team outside of the Roosters. Mate, it's a massive hole, trouble. a huge hole for any club to be starting behind. Yeah, I mean, I mean people forget three years ago, he was the best halfback in the game yep. in 2017. Yeah, no, he was, he was he was brilliant. Bit of confusion in those bottom two clubs, and they've chopped and changed their halves, which I, I think is a sign of bad coaching. I think you should know who your, your top 13 is, and it's up to them to lose their spot. Same can be said to a degree with our next two sides, but but the Broncos chopping, changing halfbacks and five-eighths and the combination all year long, it just ends in tears every time. Yeah, I, I it was tough to watch Brisbane this year, but I was I'm just so excited to see them land Adam Reynolds. It's going to mm. be such a needle mover for me. And as you just mentioned, chopping and changing halves, I hate it as well. But the thing I'm most excited about with Brisbane is watching Albert Kelly and Tyson Gamble go head to head for this six jersey. Yep. I think both are incredibly talented, but I think neither is a halfback. Mm. I think with Reynolds next to either of them, they'll be exceptional. Um, I also think this year. God, they're just a different football team when Katoni Staggs is on the field. Yeah. I I just think if he can put together two years injury-free, I mean, he could quite easily be the premier centre in our game. I just yeah, no, I hold he, him he's so a, highly. He's a, he's a beauty. I think the smoky could well be Ryan James. I think he's still got some football in him. Very disappointing in Canberra, and he was very disappointed in Canberra. Uh, back home, back in somewhat of a comfort zone, and I think he's the type of guy on and off the field that is a, a mentor to some of the younger Broncos forwards. Let's move on to the Tigers. Yeah, been very dysfunctional the last few years. Uh, Timmy Sheen just walked back in there, which is fantastic for them. Uh, 
they've landed a couple of names over the last few weeks that personally I didn't think it was possible for them to be, to be able to mm. land. Um, Jackson Hastings walking back in there as well. I think Jacko is going to be really good for them. I had him on my podcast a couple of weeks ago and uh, I'm very impressed with uh, the guy that he is. I think people are still a little bit negative on Jackson Hastings mm. because of the guy that he was, but uh, there's been a lot of change there. So I'm really excited for him. Uh, obviously, Luke Brooks still there at halfback. Uh, for, for me, I, I would love to see a change there for Luke Brooks and for the Tigers. I just think Brooksy's got so much more to offer, but I'm just not sure if that if that marriage between them is working mm. realistically. Um, not all divorces are bad, and I, I think Brooksy in a different system. Like I'd love to see him land at the Sharks maybe. I think that would be unreal for him. Uh, Adam Dewey, he went to another level last year. Stefano, I think he's played 25 games, and I, I think he's the best forward at the club. I'm so excited about him moving forward. Dane Laurie as well. As much as it was a disappointing year, good God, there are a lot of positives to take out of the Tigers' season as well moving forward. So another coach that's going to be under big pressure, I think. Uh, but he's got the cattle there now to, to be able to do something. Probably more so 2023, but I, I, th- I think he's got enough there in that, in that squad now to be able to give it a bit of a shake. Brooks, Hastings... Adam Dewey, one of them is going to miss out. Um, a curious signing, Hastings, for me. Let's go to the Warriors 12th. There's guys that are going to have played almost three years of football for the Warriors that have never played a home game in New Zealand. Uh, when you put that into perspective, yeah, they underachieved, I guess, in uh, in 2021, but hard to felt them. You almost feel like you're kicking them while they're down. Mate, I've never associated the word like being resilient with the Warriors, but over the last few years, as much as the latter hasn't shown they've achieved, I just think that the ticker they've shown over the last three years has been unreal. I love what the Warriors have done. A couple of games there where there was one game, I think it was against Canberra, where I think they ended up with 14 players, you know, and they just kept – or maybe it was the Tigers, but they just – it's just like if you could take the attitude that that team has now and put it in that early, you know, 2000s Warriors, they'd be yep. unbeatable. Like, oh, I'm really excited about the Warriors. I love SJ returning. He's obviously a different footballer um, than when he left. So very, mm. very excited about that. Uh, a lot of young guys there, you know, Josh Curran, Sirenen, um, just so many guys to be excited about. Reese Walsh, Rocco Berry. I really like the direction that the Warriors are heading and I'd, I'd like to see Nathan Brown be successful as well. I, th- I think he's been a scapegoat in a lot of situations mm. over the last 15, 20 years realistically. So uh, another team that every time I tipped them to win, they went belly up. But uh, I'm a big fan of the Warriors and what they're doing and what they've done for our game as well. And when you tipped them not to win, they would come up with one of those Warriors performance. I think they should be marked on all of our cards. Do not bet this game. I'm going to put the Dragons, the Raiders and the Sharks in a group here together that was 9th, 10th, 11th. For mine, uh, yeah, they were disappointing. They were there or thereabouts, almost challenged, but just didn't have enough. Um, would you agree? Yeah, I would. I'll be honest with you. I, I remember watching that charity shield last year and Latrell Mitchell was running around holding the ball like a tennis ball, giving yeah. it to the Dragons. And I thought, Christ, they'll do well to finish 16th this year. And, yeah. Mate, i, I got to tell you, if it wasn't for that barbecue, I, I don't know if they if, if they don't play finals footy. They yeah. were unreal up until that point. Barbecue gate hit and it all went to shit. Um, 
But I, I remember talking to, and you know, you, you probably have a bit of experience with him, but I remember talking to um, Jarrell Yaya at the start of the year and mm. I, he mentioned how good Hook is at getting the very best out of blokes. And I sort of, as a fan, not meeting him, not knowing anything about him, sort of went, geez, surely he can't get much out of this squad. And mm. I thought they were great, mate. I, I thought they were really impressive until the barbecue thing, which is probably a re- reflection of deeper things at the Dragons. But I'm very hesitant to write them off based on what they did last year until the barbecue hit. The Canberra Raiders, mate, I, I had them making the grand final at the start of the year. I just, I think they were the, the biggest underperformers in rugby league. To think that they were in a grand final, a prelim final, and then mm. throughout what they did last year with seemingly a very similar squad. Yeah. Um, it, was, it was a very strange year. I, they're, they're another team, the Canberra Raiders. I watch them every week and I go, this is the week they'll click. Yeah. This is the week it'll turn around. and. Just never happened. Uh, but no, they, if they if they're a top four team next year, based on the squad, I wouldn't be surprised. But based on how they performed last year, they're, they're a very strange team, Canberra. They mm. they could finish sixteenth or first, and I got to tell you, I don't know if I'd be shocked either yeah. way. You know, yeah. Was Barbecue Gate the uh, the story of the year? It has to be right up there. Yeah. Uh, and if it wasn't the story of the year, it was the stories that came off that. Yes, <laughs> like hiding in rugs, under beds. How good unreal. was that? I don't care what's true. It was just great to yeah. listen to. Yeah, exactly right. Jack DeBellin under the bed. That is gold. <laughs> that is absolute fucking gold, actually. Um, well, I heard there was a, a Josh Maguire rug. He wrapped himself in a yeah. rug. And in my head, I'm picturing how big a fucking rug has to be. The big moose to fit in it, you know, whether it's true or not, I don't care. It was just sensational to hear those stories. And then you've got Corey Norman hurdling fences down the street. Hey, legends, I hope you're enjoying this edition of Andy Raymond Unfiltered. Would you like to be part of our team? Our sponsorship packages, they're ready to go. From scripted ads to website placement and social media promotions, personal appearances, voice recordings and more, the opportunities are limited only by your imagination. You set the terms. Unfiltered is reaching hundreds of thousands of potential clients every single week. And we cater to businesses both big and small. We'll work with you to guarantee you get exactly what you want, how you want and when you want. If you're interested in joining our team, go to the website and hit the sponsorship tab, andyraymondunfiltered.com.au. Oh, Rugby yeah, League, the game that up. never disappoints. Mate, let's go into the top eight. Titans, uh, so much promise, so much expectation. For mine, didn't meet it. And there's still a little question mark there. For me, there's a huge question mark, mate. Uh, you you could argue to me that the Titans overachieved unbelievably by making the top eight with mm. a record of ten and fourteen. Um, if you lose four more games and you win, I, I just I can't. I, it's such a weird competition yeah. to make finals footy. I remember twelve months earlier, the Sharkies made the finals with a ten and ten record, never unbagged them. Mm. Titans made it with ten and fourteen, and no one mentioned it. I, I yeah. couldn't believe it. Um, but so many young guys coming through there. Losing Jamal Fogarty is going to be big. I love this Toby Sexton, but, um, mate, we've seen our fair share of young, really good halves on the Gold Coast, uh, so it, it does worry me a little bit. But uh, I, I think Isaac Leo from the Roosters, I think that's mm. a good little signing for them. 
big, big Tino is a sensational player. Getting the best out of Fafita is going to be key. God knows how you do that, but um, I, I'd be very surprised if they play finals footy again this year. I thought the David Fafita signing was curious in the fact the way the game has been played under the new rules, centre and back row are probably the positions uh, that are least important on a footy field at the moment. And I actually thought it may have served as a warning to other clubs, but the Bulldogs have gone all out for Viliami Kickout, paid huge dollars. Uh, through my eyes, those huge dollars have just got to be reserved for your two props, your lock, and your spine, and uh, and that's where it's successful. Let's go to the Knights, mate. The Mitchell Pierce Knights. He is no longer with us, and they had their struggles. They'd come good, inconsistent again. Another team that I think they were very lucky that the top teams were so good and the bottom teams were so poor yep. this year. Um, they were one of those teams, like the the Dragons, the Gold Coast Titans, and the Knights. Every few weeks, I'd look at the ladder and go, Jesus, they're in the top eight. How, <laughs> how is that happening, you know? Uh, yeah. But, yeah, look, I, th- I thought the Knights, they were probably the best of the rest yep. of the competition, realistically. Yep. Like, you could draw a line at Parramatta, and the, the, the gap between them and the next team was huge, Newcastle. Yeah. Um, I'm, uh, mate, I'm not only worried about Newcastle in 2022 without piercing. I'm worried about Newcastle in general. Mm. Um, if I'm – if I'm Kalen Ponger, I think I've got to start to maybe look around the room and work out if that's where I'm going to be long-term. I'm very worried for Newcastle. Uh, it, it just feels like they've been moving the needle slowly in the right direction for the last few years. But losing Pierce, I always say it, there's such a shortage in rugby league of good halves. There's only about six of them that you genuinely want to wear the seven in your team yeah. every week. They had one of them in Mitchell Pierce. Um, it's a huge loss. I... Yeah, I can't see them playing finals footy and I think they'll probably be below 10th place, to be honest with you. Yeah, I think a lot of people are going to be forced to maybe reassess their thoughts and opinions on Mitchell Pearce without him in this night's lineup. So we move to the top six and as you said, the Eels were the bottom of this. Uh, we both agree that this was probably, you know, the top six, then the rest. Parramatta, uh, I'm a tragic, love them. And the thing that gives me some positivity is the resolve that they put in in that final performance of the year against Penrith. I thought it was their best performance of the year against the odds. Um, But a sixth-place finish, the Eels should be better than that. They should be, mate. But those, geez, those top four teams, they are some bloody good footy sides, you know. Um, Parramatta, though, I said all season that, they're, they're always at the party, but they're never the main guy at the party. Mm. You know, they're now, I just never feel like they're real contenders to win a premiership. But as you said, that day against Penrith, I, you know, I don't think Penrith deserved to lose, but I don't think Parramatta deserved to yeah. lose either. I thought they played really well. And for the first time, I thought, geez, this team on the big stage is having a red hot crack yep. here. Uh, mate, to see Reed sign with Canterbury, though, that is, that's devastating for them moving forward. Um, that is just massive, and I, I think I think it has to be season twenty twenty two, or I think it's back to the drawing board for Parramatta. Unfortunately, um, still got Moses Gutho, but I just feel like they don't have a genuine winner in that team. They mm. don't have a guy that has been on a big stage and has really owned it. They've got popular guys. They've got guys that are good round one to twenty five, but they don't have a guy that can win in finals footy yet for me. So. 
And, mate, at the end of the day, that's where it counts. Against the odds, the Chooks did what the Chooks do. The Roosters with an injury toll that uh, was astonishing. I, I've never seen it before. Maybe maybe Penrith 12 or 13 years ago, but uh, the Roosters still managed to scrape a, a fifth-place finish in and uh, they showed the quality of the outfit, didn't they? Mate, I almost heard a few South Sydney fans give them compliments this year. Almost. It was, it was that impressive. Um, I just... It's mate, and it was the guys that they lost. Like they had a bad injury run, but when you look at the guys they lost, they lost about a thousand games of first grade. Yeah, it was the key they guys. Lost. Oh mate, they they lost the best winger of all time, in my opinion. Mm. They lost a top five center in our game. They lost the best back rower in our game, the mm. best leader. They lost a top three hooker in our game. They lost a top three halfback in our game. I mean, mate, they should be playing park footy with that many yeah. injuries and losing that many guys still compete the way they did. Um, I think there would have been a couple of other clubs down the bottom of the ladder looking around going, what are we doing wrong? Mm. What's it's, It must have been a, a, a bit embarrassing for some of the other clubs, but credit to Trent Robinson, mate. This is what he does and all the injuries as well. And, and for me, I think one of their best players, um, Victor Radley, I mean, he didn't, he didn't play for half the season. Yep. Um, they're such a better footy side when he's on the field. And you've just got to think that it lays a platform for the next few years for the Chooks. Oh, I think the biggest thing is what James Tedesco added to his game this year, the way mm. that he was jumping into first receiver. And he's just become a more complete footballer, which is a serious worry for the rest of this competition. At the start of last season, Des Hasler was uh, under immense pressure after a series of losses. There was no Tom Travojevic after Harry Gate, the Corso Gate. Uh, which was another cracking cracking story for 2021. And Tom had the year to remember, pushed the Eagles into the top four. Uh, does Tom's form give us a false sense of reality of where the Seagulls are actually at? I, I, I think so, mate. I just, um, you know, I remember watching the early 2000s when the Roosters had that star-studded team. You'd take Freddie out and they would completely go to shit. Yeah. I remember Newcastle used to do the same thing without Joey. But I think Tommy Turbo, the gap between the team with him, without him, mm. is just, it's even bigger. And mm. I mean, that Manly side, it's not like he's the only guy on the field. There are some damn handy footballers in that team, but they're just, they're so different without him. And once again, I love the Travoyviches, but, and, you know, they are still young. They've got a heap of rugby league in front of them, but, um, you know, they still haven't managed to, I think they've won one finals game from five or so. Mm. So they, he's got to be able to take his game to that next level along with his brother. Um, I, 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 I want to say they can win a premiership next year, but I, I think we're in the same sort of boat. I'm not, I'm not convinced on it. Yeah. I'm not confident enough to say that they can. They've got the ability to be able to do it. Um, I think that if they can get that hooker back, Finu, that'll be a real point of difference mm. for them. He's a really good footballer. Um, yeah, I, I wouldn't rule them out, but uh, I won't be putting uh, my money on them next year. No. What about the Rabbitohs? Um, so close, but so close so far. Yeah, it's uh, it's a tough one, South Sydney. I was so impressed with what they did last year. They real they really warmed to the task. You had, yeah. you know, obviously that the, there's nine teams in this competition that South Sydney can put a blindfold on and and beat by forty points realistically. Um, I think every time they played, like the first time they played Penrith, I think they got beat by fifty. Yep. Then they got beat by twenty four. Then they got beat by two when they were a conversion or a field mm. goal or a non intercept away from beating them. You know, it just had Wayne Bennett written all over it. He's just the king of 
tapering for the right end of the mm. season. Um, South Sydney, though, I I wouldn't be surprised if in a year's time we're looking back at Adam Reynolds at the Rabbitohs and going, he was the most underrated player in the competition, and it wasn't close. Um, Cody Walker had an unbelievable season, but you know, you sit back, you watch those highlights. Who does Cody Walker get the ball off every single yeah. time in great space? Uh, I also think you know you you look back to that grand final. I think the thing that wins it for Penrith is the kicking game. Mm. And I think Adam Reynolds has, if not the best kicking game, the second best kicking game in rugby league. South Sydney are really, really going to miss that. So also losing Wayne is massive as well. I, um, yeah, it's going to be an interesting time in South Sydney. I still think they've got enough talent to beat up on the bottom teams, but I don't think they can contend for a premiership. I, I'm just about ready to lock them into about sixth or fifth place. Yeah, mirror moments. No Pierce, Adam Reynolds changing. It affects all three clubs in very different ways. The Panthers, uh, premiers, but second place on the ladder. We sort of touched on them earlier. Uh, very impressive with what they did, how they did it. Uh, it wasn't without scandal. It wasn't without misdemeanor. Uh, but it's a young bloke, young group of kids just enjoying their footy and, and the results are showing. Mate, have you, I was thinking about the other day, have you ever seen a group handle scandal better? Yeah. It's like it's not happening. It just, it, it didn't seem to phase them in any way, shape mm. or form. Um, and, mate, I, I remember after the 2020 grand final sitting there going, they're going to lose James Tarman and Josh Mansell. They're the only two proper experienced guys. Like, yeah. I, I feel like they lost that grand final because of a lack of experience. And then somehow in a year's time, they mm. just – it was incredible. I think it's its one of the most impressive premierships I've mm. seen when you put it all together, the situation they're in, the trouble off the field, the guys they lost, the young guys in their halves, uh, it, it's incredible. And as much as you know, everyone says, oh, you want to win with local juniors, mate, doing it with local juniors is so hard. The yeah. Penrith Panthers made it look easy, but it, it is near impossible to be able to do very, very excited for them moving forward. They've locked in their key pieces, Isaiah Yo, James Fisher-Harris and Cleary. Mm. Um, they're going to be competitive for a long time here. The Storm without Cameron Smith and for over a decade we've said, oh, no, they've they've lost Greg Inglis. They're no good. They're, this is the year they fail. They lost Billy Slater. They lost Cooper Cronk. They lost Cameron Smith. They're still there as the minor premiers. A successful year for the Storm but an unsuccessful year for the Storm because they didn't get to the grand final despite being minor premiers. I don't, at no point this season did I think the Melbourne Storm weren't going to win the premiership. Yep, to be I'm honest. the same. I just I just, I couldn't see any, any other team toppling them on the big stage and they didn't even make it to the big stage. They got done the week before. Uh, obviously that game, they lost Christian Welsh, they lost Brandon Smith. It's a big loss for any footy side, but... I mean, that, that, that's rugby league. And normally the Melbourne Storm, they just find a way to overcome. Um, it was a game where I was sort of just waiting for Cameron Munster to have his moment. Mm. And it just never came. And he was given the – like the Melbourne Storm had so many opportunities in that game. Penrith didn't play a perfect game. They they defended perfectly. Yeah. But they didn't play a perfect game of football. Mm. They gave so many opportunities to Melbourne and they just weren't able to take it. I. Yeah, I, I remember the week of that game listening to Cooper Cronk talk to Matty Johns and um, Matt Johns said to him, occasionally Melbourne, they look so good, but then they just have games in finals where they just shit the bed. What do you put that down to? And mm. he just, he had no no explanation for why it happened sometimes. I think he went back to 
when the Warriors beat them that that night in 2011, yep. I think it was, yeah. and he just said, "Mate, we just went home and stared at the ceiling. We didn't, we we couldn't work out what had mm. happened there." And I think it was a similar situation. It's uh, it's very interesting times in Melbourne, mate. I'm not going to be the one to say it's falling apart because uh, I'm not that stupid. The last decade has taught me not to go there, mm. but very very interesting off season for them with a couple of guys leaving. Couple of guys in trouble. Couple of guys not getting vaccinated. There's yeah. going to be a lot of changes next year. It's going to be interesting. Yeah, there is going to be a lot of changes, mate. Thoughts on the Dolphins? Uh, they've been confirmed. I'm scratching my head. They're not using a geographical location in their title. I don't get it. Am I wrong here? No, I agree with you, mate. I think it's a very strange way to go about things. I, I personally think they've kind of shit the bed at every corner apart from Wayne Bennett and Peter O'Sullivan. Yeah. Uh, having those two guys in the building, I know they're going to be okay. Uh, not having a location rattles me a little bit. I, don't, mm. I just don't – it just doesn't make sense to me. Um, I think that – you know, I remember when November 1st came around, I, I was licking my lips going, mm. I'm going to I'm gonna get to make a podcast every two days with guys they're signing. We're in December and they just announced their second signing. Like yeah. it's – it's really taken me by surprise. I understand they don't start playing for another year and they're mm. taking their time. But personally, I thought blokes would have been jumping to get up to Queensland, play under Bennett. And I remember saying to Peter O'Sullivan six weeks ago, like, mate, this is going to be your Super Bowl. You've got Wayne Bennett to use as a, yeah. as a chip. You've got – it's beautiful weather up there. It's a great place to live. And, you know, I got the impression he, he was really confident. But seemingly – struggling to get guys. I, I thought that the first marquee guy, the first signing should have been a huge name. I'll say on my podcast, I still remember the day I was going to school, I was walking down to the bus stop and I saw on a newspaper, Preston Campbell has signed with the Titans. And I just mm. thought, wow, what a signing. What a fella. Um, Felice Cafusi is a great footballer. Don't get me wrong, but there's no kids in the backyard emulating Felice Cafusi. No, no but they, they haven't got guy. the marquee I, guy. I, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a teacher. I teach year six. I went to ten boys that are twelve years old. They're all rugby league mad. And I said, oh, "Dolphins just signed their first guy. Who do you reckon it is?" And they had twenty five guesses. They didn't get it. I think they said Cameron Munster fourteen times. Yeah. And I said, "Oh, Felice Cafusi," and and they sort of went, "Ah, oh, okay. Is he, he's the Melbourne it's, board, isn't he?" It's like, underwhelming. Like, that's the yeah. that's the sort of. Oh, I think it should have a bigger impact than that. And that's with. All due respect to Felice, he is a tremendous player. He's one of the best defensive players in our competition. But I thought it was a real opportunity to make a splash. But he's not a—he's not the marquee guy, and the marquee guy also puts bums on seats and attracts sponsors. Players signing with clubs 15, 16, 17 months before they suit up. I'm against it. What say you? Yeah, I don't like it as a fan. It shits me, but I also understand it. From the other point of view of the players that if they, you know, if Philly Army Kickout doesn't sign that contract now and he does an ACL this year and he's a different footballer, that changes his value. So I understand that. And I'm sure that when the RLPA sits down to argue this, that will be their number one point. Um, and it's it's the same over in the NFL at the moment. Guys are, you know, guys are so worried about getting injured that the, they're, they're doing their deals early and everything as well. But as a fan, it just shits me. Like, yeah. God, it's going to be like what watching Parramatta this year. As soon as anything goes wrong there, it's going to be Reed Marnie and Isaiah Papali. They've got their eyes elsewhere. They don't care about the club anymore. And it's like, fuck you. You, you don't train and practice rugby league all your life to coast through when you're mm. on the field. Guys just don't do that. It yeah. just creates 
just creates a false narrative for me. It's tough for fans. I, I you know, Billy Army kick out. I, I felt a little bit sorry for him, to be honest with you. Um, you know, whether people say he shouldn't have put the jersey on or not. And if Phil Gould says to me, hey, put this on for me, what, what are you going to say? You're you know? putting it it's on. Phil Gould. Like, um, yeah, I still wonder if that accidentally leaked or if, if that was maybe a Gussie special. But uh, yeah. I think Viliami got uh, done and dusted there. But, uh, yep. yeah, I feel sorry for the situation he's in and the criticism that he copped. Uh, for him to show up to the fan day and get booed after winning a premiership. Yeah. Good God, it just shows the landscape of rugby league at the moment. There's rugby league in a nutshell, mate. Thanks for dropping in for a chat. Give the socials, the podcast a plug. Yeah, Rugby League Guru on Instagram, Rugby League Guru podcast on uh, all the places you'll find it. And as we spoke about earlier, we've dove into TikTok, which has been scary as all hell. <laughs> Are you going to show yourself soon or what? Uh, to be continued, <laughs> the Rugby League Guru trying to convince me a TikTok and joining us on this Andy Raymond unfiltered, very social Christmas. There you have it, another Andy Raymond unfiltered podcast. What a year 2021 has been. The unique thing about this podcast is that you can listen to any episode, any time, and it'll make sense. Nothing is time critical, meaning the episodes don't date, ever. They're ready for you for when you're ready to listen. So subscribe to the podcast once you're done listening here and check out the biggest library of interviews in the game and start downloading. The biggest names, the biggest interviews, the biggest stories, all in the one place. Before you go, we'd love for you to hit that five-star rating for us on the app you're listening on. Write a review too. We'd love that. It helps us grow the brand and bring you more in 2022. Have a wonderful Christmas and New Year. Look after yourselves and make sure you come back soon, legends. Joining us all, an unfiltered virgin. Wonderful to break your cherry with us, Justin Horro. The Scope, how are you, legend? How's the off-season treating you? Yeah, really good. A little bit different to my playing days, Andy. Uh, a little bit busier now that we're here at YKTR Sports, but uh, thanks for having me on, mate. YKTR going good? Yeah, it's going good. We've, um, the, we spoke a little bit about it. The boys have been build, building really well over the years um, from the merchandise side of it, rolling into the media side. So, um, you know, I feel like... I've added a little bit to the the media side in particular and some content, which I'm very proud of. Um, And, yeah, we've sort of just been chipping away in the last couple of years. There's a few other footy players like Kempi and whatnot that are doing really good things in the space, so it's good to be a part of it. Mate, Normie, when the company started, Normie Normie asked me to to promote it on a Monday night football. Can you you tell the bloke I'm still waiting for my T-shirt? He's he's not the PR guy, one of the best. Mate, he's uh, he's got plenty of broken promises, but he's just got back into Sydney. Uh, oh, look for, out, for a Sydney! Week or so, yeah. So, um, yeah, he's he's back in town for a week or, or so. So, and then he's going to shoot back up to Goldie. I know you're located in in, uh, in Queensland, so maybe he'll take a few shirts and and finally live up to his promise. Eh? There we go. Now, mate, according to Greg Bird, you are the bloke that didn't start. 
but diffused a record number of fights on the field simply by giving it to the opposition verbally so completely, so often, they actually didn't know what to do. That is gold. Uh, yeah, so I've I seen the little snippet from um, from your potty with Bertie. Um, yeah, I prided myself on, um, if, if, if that's what if that's the way you explained it, diffusing it, um, in a way I antagonised it as well. Yeah. So I'd, I'd also get it started, but I also managed to bring it back, back around a few times and then just honestly have opposition players confused, especially the Poms over in the Super League <laughs> because of the, the sense of humour that we've got here in Australia that yeah. I've grown up with, um, Western Sydney and, and even back home in New Zealand from, you know, family back home in New Zealand. Um, a lot of the time, um, I, you know, I try to take the mickey or if I, if I thought I had a little chink in the armour, I wasn't one of those guys that was really personal, but I just like to have a bit of a giggle. So, yeah. Um, and if, if I thought it could throw... Uh, a, a player or a team off their game, then I'd definitely, um, I'd definitely use it. But I like to do it subtly. I didn't, I didn't like to carry on too much. So, are the best ones are the subtle ones, but the true ones, mate. I still scratch my head when I hear mainstream media and the do-gooders in the world saying, "Oh, sledging." No, there's no place for that in the game. It's a combat sport, and yes, there is a place in the game for it. A hundred percent. Is like I said, I use it. There are there are some some players. Um, that stand out straight away, like you know Michael Ennis, who had a, a lot of niggle in his game, yep. that used to it to his advantage, and maybe wasn't as verbal, but he'd get in your face, and and that's a part of the game. If you can find an edge somewhere, um, I don't know my my winning record um, wasn't all that great for for a lot of my career, so I'm not too sure if it worked or not. And, um, I think I, I I'll tell you a funny story. We're, we're playing over at Wakey with. Um, um, when I was in the Super League, yeah. we were coming up against Benny Murdoch Marcillo, who's playing for Warrington, and I was giving him a bit of a spray. So I was letting him know that he's a little bit heavy, heavier than what he should be. <laughs> um, I was questioning whether he could punch out the full 80. Um, just a few few of these little jabs. Um, yeah, I get along with Benny really well. So Jacob Miller started getting into me. You remember him from the yeah. Tigers? Jacob Miller goes, stop fucking saying shit to Benny because he absolutely steamrolled me twice. Um, ran over top of me and Jakey. Oh, sorry, ran over top of me and Jakey Miller once, and um, he hammered me uh, two times in a row. But um, I had a little bit of a. I was going back and forth with Milky in the end because I was like, you know, that shit got me up. Yeah, like that that got me into game sometimes. So, mm. um, despite Benny getting the best of us in the game and in in the in the tussle. Verbally, I can tell you right now, I won that battle. So. I, I love it, mate. One of the best sledges I've heard was young Craig Tugger Coleman every time the Rabbitohs would play the Balmain Tigers. When Ciro would get the ball, he'd yell out, here she comes, here she comes. <laughs> well, Ciro one day broke the line and turned around and yelled out, there she goes, there she goes. <laughs> I love it. Mate, no, looking, I love those ones. Yeah, looking back on 2021 as a season, is it one we're going to remember or, or one that we'll, we'll forget? It was um, well, to be, if you're a Panthers fan and Panthers player, you're probably yeah. not going to forget it. But it was, it, was, it was a little bit of a weird one, wasn't it, Andy? It's like at one point it looked like Melbourne and Penrith were going to run away with it. Yep. Um, then there was – it was getting to the point where obviously Souths built themselves up to where they got to. And then, you know, they lose Latrell a couple of weeks out and then you think that's all done, but then they make it. Um, Turbo and Manly are going on a run after starting really slow. So it was a bit of a roller coaster in the end, considering, like I said, probably around 
maybe state of origin time. I didn't think anyone outside of Penrith and Melbourne were going to win it. And then they had to play each other to go into the grand final, which is a bit of a spanner in the works. But, um, mate, I love my footy because it always, whether I'm playing or watching it now, there's always plenty of drama, which is good for us in the content business. It's good for us for uh, when we interview players and there's always a story. So whether it be good or bad, um, yeah, I just just love the theatre of rugby league. I'm going to bring this up. The Brandon Smith podcast recently created a stir on mainstream media because of the swearing. I think it's a shit stain on society, to be honest. If you don't like, and this is just my theory, but if you don't like my kitchen rules, don't watch it. If you don't like steak, don't eat it. If you don't like swearing, don't listen to it. But why complain afterwards? I, I just don't get it. Yeah, I think for sure um, with a couple of the comments and we're even us looking back at it now, maybe the timing was a little bit off in the pod, but I think because he sort of the media were coming down on him, it was just a, a just another thing that I thought was probably unnecessary to just keep the fuel firing. Yep. Um, with the whole with the whole episode and um, counting swear words, uh, yeah. he's done or we've done. Like I can't even think of how many podcasts we've done now. I know I've done you know over a hundred podcasts, and we swear all the time. We don't go swearing for the sake of it. Sometimes it uh, it puts a bit of an emphasis on the story. Bingo! It can be it can be a pride of honour too. Like if someone mm. tells you you're a you're a good C, or I take that with pride. You know what I mean? So. Um, yeah, it was just one of those things. It was just they just wanted to keep stoking the fire. I think Agreed. a little bit with it, and um, it's uh, it, 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 he, he got exactly what he was looking for. We, we ended up well, people were talking about it for for a week or whatever. So changing landscape in regards to consumption of rugby league. We both do podcasts and we do as we please with them. We're governed by no one, so there's no rules. You no longer have to just cop what mainstream media wants you to and you can make up your own mind on who you want to listen to, where you want to listen to it and when you want to listen to it. It's a genuine alternative now and that hasn't been the case. Yeah, for sure. Like, And the best thing about, I suppose, these platforms, and we've talked about it before, is we all support each other. 100%. In this, in this community, like, I don't mind... You know, obviously, I'm, I'm doing the podcast for you. Kempy's come back, and, and we've done it for Bloke in a Bar and the Hello Sports Boys, um, Willie Mason, the 257 Boys up in Newcastle. Mm. Um, we're a pretty close-knit community, and and basically all it is is, like you said, Andy, um, we don't have to answer to anyone, mate. So yeah. we say what's on our mind. It's our opinion. Sometimes people are going to disagree with it, mm. and that's fine. I think most of the time we're, pre- we're pretty spot on, um, and we're coming Agreed. from from a good place. Um, but... Yeah, that's probably the difference between us. You'd probably know a little bit better. You worked at, um, you've worked at Fox before. Mm. There's Channel Nine. I know some of those guys that have been on and around those shows before. They've got a bit of a an agenda that they have to hit, and you and, bet. And little and little trigger words that they've got to get in and and make sure that the ratings are good for those shows. Where it's like, mate, to be fair, and and this is um, Ice has sort of been big on this, especially like the last sort of year or so we're not too too worried about the views and the listens we, we want to mm. put out stuff that we believe in yep that we want to talk about that it genuinely um that we're interested in and if people and if people fuck with us and, and love our content then then we'll do it for them yeah um, bingo so that's so that's basically where we're at hey legends i hope you're enjoying this edition of andy raymond unfiltered would you like to be part of our team our sponsorship packages they're ready to go 
From scripted ads to website placement and social media promotions, personal appearances, voice recordings and more, the opportunities are limited only by your imagination. You set the terms. Unfiltered is reaching hundreds of thousands of potential clients every single week. And we cater to businesses both big and small. We'll work with you to guarantee you get exactly what you want, how you want, and when you want. If you're interested in joining our team, go to the website and hit the sponsorship tab, andyraymondunfiltered.com.au. Mate, footy, if Luttrell doesn't knock Joey Manu's head off his shoulders, do the Rabbitohs win the Premiership? They went damn close without him, and he's the star. Yeah, well, I had them in the GF uh, before that incident. I did a bit of a, a breakdown with a few weeks later yep. in. And then, mate, I actually put a line through them. Um, yeah. And they proved me wrong. After Latrell went down, I just couldn't see him get in there. Um, that Blake Ta- Taffy come in and did an unreal job for him. But it's, it's the sad because that was my argument for putting him into the grand final at the start of the year. And then probably just after halfway through, I was thinking – they were that close the year before mm. where Penrith got him to go into the grand final, but they were missing Latrell and they hadn't signed Jai Arrow, who I thought was getting better and better as the year went on. Yeah. So when I looked at their team from last year, I said, I was thinking, geez, they weren't too far away from Penrith. They bring in, like, they get Latrell back, they bring Jai Arrow on board. I thought they were a big chance of getting there on the back of that. But mm. um, yeah, who knows, mate? Like, they. They, they were pretty close. They were coming home strong. Um, unbelievable play from Stephen Crichton to, to seal the game for the Panthers. But Rabbitohs, even without Latrell, looked like they were starting to build momentum again before the intercept. Agreed. Hey, you were at Parramatta in 2011, so here's one for you. Jared Hayne, 2011, or Tommy Travojevic, 2021. Who's had the better individual year? Well, Haynes' year was 09, where he won the Daily M, Andy. Oh, sorry, 09 yeah. it was. So 09. it was the year before yeah. you were there. Yeah, and then it was... Um, 2012 Benny Barbie year's been tossed up. Yeah. And then you've also got pretty every every year that Teddy's been at the Roosters yeah. for, for comparisons. But um, what Turbo did this year was unbelievable. Yep. There was – who was I, – I was speaking to – I ran into Fletty Mateo recently. Yeah. Um, and me and him were chatting about it because obviously Fletty was a part of that 8-9 team that went to the grand yep. final. And I believe Turbo's season this year was better than Hainsey's in 9 but the game was completely different back then. I'm, yep. What what Phil was saying, like what Hainsey was doing in you got to remember back in those years, that's the early days of the wrestle, right? That's yeah. where the the I think they I believe they still had the two referees then, um, mm. and the and the game was a lot slower and um, there was more. There weren't blowout scores like there were yeah. this year. You know what I mean? Like you, we're looking at forty. Like if if Manly were playing Bulldogs in particular, you know, they. The, halfway through the year, they beat him oh, by like 40 or 50. Yeah, put a number on um, them. I don't think Hainsey ever got the opportunity to come up against those time, teams in that era. Yeah. So maybe that's a bit different. But if you're looking at it based on on the season, I think Turbo's season eclipses them all. That's an enormous wrap. Uh, what's our favourite scandal of the year? Barbecue Gate, Villy Army in the stairwell at Bulldogs Leagues Club, Storm postseason, or is there one to finish the year? In rugby league style, as only rugby league can. Yeah, you look. You, how many days do we have left, Andy? <laughs> we've got, <laughs> we've got uh, you know about three weeks left. Um, I definitely say that I was obviously living with Corey at the time of the the Dragons one. That was very close to home. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, it's it's a weird. It was a weird time, you know, like COVID. Yeah, they're the rules. The boys were training. There were so many pros and cons to that uh, in particular. But you know, as being a mate, I'm always going to stick up for my mate. But yeah, geez, we've had some good ones. The rugby league, they're uh, they're, they're never too far away. And um, like like we said, there's still three weeks to go. I love it. Hey, question: If Phil Gould tells you to put a jersey on, do you put it on? Of course you do. Yeah, yeah, the kick out one. Um, yeah, I'm I'm not too sure. Not not many people in NRL or in rugby league in the last what say 30 years have said no to Gus. So Think, yeah, correct. Um, yeah, I don't. I, I couldn't see myself in the position where if he told me to take off a YKTR shirt on and and put on a Bulldogs one, I'd be doing it in a heartbeat. It's a weird but wonderful world, the rugby league world. Uh, fickle to Desi Hasler was reportedly. A couple of losses off getting the sack after an awful start. He's now probably guaranteed himself the manly spot for as long as he wants. Amazing world we live in, mate, where the pressure can turn into adulation and security in the space of, you know, two wins. Yeah, for sure. The the media landscape now for, has changed that with social media um, and all the, like, the amount of stuff, the, the amount of content that you can, like, you could you could genuinely sit or like drive to work and drive home five days a week with content on podcasts or yeah. or Channel 9 and Fox. And there's just so much to consume these days that there's always something to talk about. And you're right, you can't, whether it's a player, uh, con- for me, contracts don't mean really that much nah. anymore. If a, if a team, and that, and that dates back all the way back to when I was playing, when I was released early from one of my contracts, it's... Uh, You've, you've, you don't have long, mate, like, and, and I sort of, in a way, I liked that one in my playing days because yeah. I was never a, a top-tier player. I sort of lived my life like that anyway. Like, I always knew I couldn't play – I definitely couldn't play three bad games in a row, and if I had a bad game, then I'd have to make sure that I backed it up the next week. So um, I was still in the team, and uh, I think you've even got less these days. Yeah. You know, mate, though, with, with all the social media pressures that come with it, so – um, yeah, it's the world we live in. If you if you're going to be involved in that business, someone's. I've had people that asked me before because my dad um, and his coaching uh, in the juniors. Mm. They said, "Would you ever be keen to coach or get involved?" And I said, "There's no way in the world." Nah. Look, mate, it's just it's cutthroat business. Like you said, with what's happening with Desi, start of the year, he was under the pump. They're talking about bringing in other coaches to help him out. Yeah, and and then now Desi's probably running running Brookie again, and and. Um, picking and choosing um, who's underneath him, mm. what players they're going to bring on. Um, yeah, so it's amazing what six months can do. Amazing to think that if there's no injuries at the Roosters, Luke Keary stays fit. We mightn't have seen all that much of Sammy Walker this season because the original plan was simply hold him back. Yeah, you, 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 even throughout the season, Andy, when he started playing, um, he looks a real talent, you mm. can tell. Uh, I, I think one of the first games that he played was against Normie, and I asked Normie about him. I said, what's your – they're on the same side. And um, he was that confident. He was ripping it into the older boys, making sure they're on the right position. So wow. everyone that I speak to has got a massive rap on him. But, yeah, like you said, they probably would have taken their time with him a little bit more. Um, he did look, at, look like at the end of the year, like he'd felt the effects of being at his size and, and his experience in the NRL. But – Still an unreal season for um for, for little Sammy Walker and and like you said, mate, some of the players that they're unearthed. I'm I'm a big fan of that Egan Butcher. That oh yes, that, that they've brought through this year, um, Andy. You, know, you get him in a rotation with 
you know, Victor Radley, hopefully he stays on the field a little bit more. They bring Connor Watson in, Connor Watson in. They're going to be, they're going to be, um, for me, they're one of the teams to watch out for uh, next year for sure. Mate, store minor premiers, yet no grand final appearances. How do they look back on it? Um, successful because they're the minor premiers, but the Storm, anything below a premiership, they consider a failure. Yeah, for sure. Like, it's, it's that, that's exactly it, Andy. They're, they're such a successful club and have mm. been for a long time, for nearly 20 years, it feels like, with the, the big three. And, and now the, the new brigade that's coming through, um, they would have expected to beat the Penrith to mm. go through to the grand final. Um, so, mate, to them, it's I suppose, and that's why they've been so good for so long, it's premiership or nothing, yeah. with, especially with the squad that they've got. Mm. Like their squad is so good and and it's hard because it's like the top teams, a bit like the Roosters a couple of years ago. When you're at the top, um, you're the team that's, that, that's going to be hunted and, and I learned that a little bit when I went to Manly and coming from Parra to Manly, we were at the bottom and then you go to Manly and everyone's up for their best yeah. game and that's what you get when you play Melbourne. So, um, yeah, but they're in a good position to bounce back again next year. Um, I think injuries are just crucial across yep. the game. Injuries and suspensions and um, there's there's not much difference between the top, you know, four or five teams. I think going in next year, I think it would be pretty similar with the Roosters putting their hands up next year. Mm-hmm. So it'd be interesting to see how the way it plays out. Hundred percent, mate. Comes down to injuries. Uh, we've had eighteen months to digest the new rules. Are you adjusting to them? Do they get a pass mark, a fail, or just let's go back? How are you seeing it? I'm a, I'm adjusting to them. I wasn't a fan at the start. I'm not a fan of the big score lines. I yeah. don't know if that's that's been debated whether that's coaching, um, the new rules, um, the quality of roster that's in the NRL. I'm not too sure, but I think it was. I think we've sort of got through the teething process of it in the last 18 months, Andy. I think mm. the the teams will understand it a little bit more. You got to remember that they got it halfway through COVID in that new season oh. last year, and there was no preseason to do yep. it. The better teams adapted straight away. Correct. This preseason, and I think. A lot of the the teams that you'll find down the bottom should be watching those top teams, um, not only what's on their roster, but the, what were they doing right, what were doing, they doing well? Because at the end of the day, it's a copycat league. You know, 15 years ago, it was all about the wrestle, so everyone started copping Melbourne, yeah. and it took two or three years to adapt to that. I think it's going to be the same sort of thing. I think teams have just got to play more um, um up on the ball a lot, a lot quicker. Yeah. Um, you don't have to be as deep. As soon as you get a quick play of the ball, you start going. Yep. I, think, I think the Rabbitohs did that really well with um, some of the plays that they had off Cam Murray and Cookie at the end of the year. So, yeah. um, and then once you get once you get them on the back foot and they've and they've condensed the line, then you get you have a shot. So, um, yeah, let's see. it'll be interesting to see if the uh, the lower ranked teams can peg that back a little bit this year. Always a pleasure catching up, Legend. Give the potty and the socials a plug before we get out of here. Uh, you can find me on the Scope Podcast. It's on uh, the YKTR Sports platform. Um, there's yeah, myself and Ice, got the Ice Project. And, um, yeah, if anyone wants to come on and have a listen, uh, we'll be uh, yeah very grateful. And thanks for having me on, Andy. All over social media to the YKTR boys and the Scope. Some phenomenal stuff. Get amongst it. Justin Horro breaking his virginity on Unfiltered on a very social Christmas. There you have it, another Andy Raymond Unfiltered podcast. What a year 2021 has been. The unique thing about this podcast is that you can listen to any episode, any time, and it'll make sense. 
Nothing is time critical, meaning the episodes don't date, ever. They're ready for you for when you're ready to listen. So subscribe to the podcast once you're done listening here and check out the biggest library of interviews in the game and start downloading. The biggest names, the biggest interviews, the biggest stories, all in the one place. Before you go, we'd love for you to hit that five-star rating for us on the app you're listening on. Write a review too. We'd love that. It helps us grow the brand and bring you more in 2022. Have a wonderful Christmas and New Year. Look after yourselves and make sure you come back soon, legends. Joining us on the Year in Review, one of the social media OGs, Clarkie's RL column. It's Clarkie himself. How's the off-season legend? Yeah, g'day, Andy. I'm a big fan of a couple other sports, but there's just none like the NRL. So whilst I'm getting by, um, yeah, I think everyone's missing the footy. 100%. From your seat, is rugby league in a better place now than it was 12 months ago? Oh, I would have to say yes. I think just the... The game's durability and it's, you know, the way that it's navigated such a difficult time in COVID, um, whilst there's no doubt we can sort of point the finger and say there's areas that could and should be better in the game. Look, the fact we even had a game last year and the Mm. sacrifices um, made by all the staff, players, everyone involved in the game um, is incredible. Uh, You know, I I think we are in a better spot, yes. You're big on Instagram, huge on Facebook. Is that what the the followers and the fans and the punters are saying, do you think? Is that the general consensus that we we have progressed in 12 months? Yeah, I think uh, with all footy fans, there is an underlying appreciation. Um, yeah. You know, I think that the, the rule changes as well are probably another huge component to consider. Um, I think, yeah, that that's a pretty – I wouldn't say unanimous. There are still a few naysayers against the game and that I see on my pages anyway that would like to see a few things done differently. Uh, but overall, I would say that the, the – the majority, I would say, yeah, do think we're in a better spot. What was the season highlight? Your favourite moments? Can we can we narrow it down? It was very difficult. I've got five here in front of me, uh, but it was a really, really great season. It was hard to pick just five. Number one is extremely biased, and I'm sure the listeners will probably have a laugh when I get to it. Um, five for me, Andy. Josh Adokar with the six tries. Um, he had a hat trick at halftime. I'm, I'm sure you remember that game. That was just electric. Yeah. Uh, number four. I went with Brad Arthur and his embrace with Jake Arthur, um, his son, after his NRL debut. I think, you know, as a bloke, all you want to do growing up is make your old, old man proud and to see the way they embraced and how much it meant to be a, I thought that was an incredible moment. Agreed, yeah. Number three, I, I went with uh, Benji Marshall. The story of Benji this year, you know, only um, 12 months ago, you know, at the end of last season, he was unwanted. There was, you know, a couple of reports, this club might be interested um, but for the most part, there was no, um, you know, told we don't really need you at the Tigers, and he seemed to be a little bit in, in, a little bit lost. But then to see him rebound and make it all the way to a grand final, um, I think Benji Marshall is one of the biggest legends of our game. So I loved watching uh, the 2021 Benji story. 
Number two, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big pet man. I love my dog. Um, seeing Jason Tamalolo as he ran out for his 200th NRL game with his dog there on the field. Yeah, that was um, brilliant. Something that I, I've never seen that before in footy. I loved it. That was awesome. Um, and number one, I went to the um, Titans game here at GIO Stadium. I lived down here at Canberra now. I'm watching my boys pick up a huge win. Um, I was just it was just a magical night. I mean, we we put on a bunch of points. It was entertaining footy. Um, it, it was fantastic to see some of the players afterwards. It was just a great night for myself. So, a little bit biased there for number one, but that was my favourite moment. Okay, you've given us your top five moments, and this is what I say about sport and in particular rugby league. We get obsessed and swept up in the emotion of it, not necessarily the structure of it or the tries or the tackles. And four of your top five moments are actually emotion-based. Titans, JT running on with the dog, the story of Benji, the Arthur embrace. You've only got Josh Adokar down there out of your top five, you know, actually playing on the field. So it's an amazing effect that the game can and does have on all of us tragics. Yeah, absolutely. It's um, I've said for a long time. For me, rugby league is so much more to a game than me. Um, it's brought me back from some really difficult times in my life. It's provided so much happiness throughout my life. Something I loved to play as a kid. It helped me make so many friends. Um, the game itself has done so much for my life, and it's funny because it's that's just you know subconsciously planted in me. It's who I am. But you bringing that up was actually a surprise to me. Then I didn't even realize mm. that four of my moments were emotion based. But that that's pretty awesome to reflect on. Don't want to be negative, but season low light. Is there one that stands out, mate? Hmm. A low light. I wouldn't say there's there's any clear low light that stood out this season for me. Um, no, no, nothing really clear. I just think uh, I'm extremely grateful that we were able to continue the game going to Queensland and the sacrifices that were made. I, I can't really say too much negative um, just because all those massive sacrifices were made for the game. What about game of the year? I know it's difficult with 210 or 15 odd games to to narrow it down to one have, have you got a favorite apart from the titans at canberra uh, i do um it does involve the titans again so of it, does. it was so many games to pick from the storm were in so many tight games the storm versus panthers game uh where viliami kickout saved the try that was incredible yeah. that, that could have been my pick but i went with the titans versus roosters game where the Roosters were up by 30 points yeah. and the Titans clawed it right back to 30 all. Um, I know the Titans lost, but in terms of entertainment, yeah. seeing Sam Walker, a rookie, kick the field goal, um, as far as high-paced, entertaining footy, if you love watching exciting tries is concerned, that's right up there for one of the best uh, games this year, I thought. Mate, you're a Titans guy, as you've said. Sum up their season. I would say... Right where I thought we'd be. I don't think we underachieved and I don't think we overachieved. Mm-hmm. I thought we were probably, I thought we probably had the squad on paper to play finals, mm-hmm. but I didn't expect us to go too deep into the finals. And when you take that and you actually look at our finals game, so close, but so far. And that's sort of the mentality I had. So I thought we didn't overachieve. We didn't underachieve. We were just smack bang in the middle. And that's what you saw in our, in our first finals game since I think 2016. So it was a while. It certainly has been a while. From your socials and your observations, and your socials are outstanding, mate, a a wonderful space, and I love the positivity involved. Who's the most popular players when you post something about them? Who generates the most positivity and the most interest? The most interest this year was probably Brian Tolo. Um, Obviously a superstar on the field, but he just had some incredible moments off the field. 
Um, we've seen him start to expand his personal brand into um, Twitch live streaming and everything. So I think all things considered, every Brian Toto post I did went extremely well. Social media consumption, season versus off-season or season proper versus state of origin. Is there a change in, in numbers, in figures, in clicks, in visits, etc.? There is around the state of origin period. That's a period of year where I do find um, a ton of my posts get really, really great engagement. Um, and, and I'd have to think that's because obviously when you look at a page like mine, you're always going to have the tragic rugby league fans um, like us that are involved yeah. in the page and regularly um, you know, interacting there. But I do think state of origin is... The, the product of rugby league itself is so amazing. I think any country in the world would enjoy it. And so when State of Origin comes and we have the extra dollars behind it to really mm. push in terms of advertisement, um, we see a lot more, I don't want to use the word casual, but more so people that aren't watching every game of the NRL season. We see them suddenly really invested and interested. Um, so I'd say the State of Origin period is my highest um, in terms of interaction and engagement. The off-season, there, there really isn't, such a thing anymore for for good or bad rugby league seems to be in the headlines you know for that five months of the year which it's in the headlines in mainstream media and that certainly is filtered down to social media or or consumption or podcast consumption whatever it may be um, a lot of the time we're talking about the contract stuff which a lot of us don't like and a lot of us don't get we're still talking about it and that's really important for the brand yeah, most definitely. I mean, that, that's, I, I think when we talk about potential changes, and, and, and I know we sort of touched on it a little bit earlier, I didn't go into depth. Um, one of the biggest things, I guess, the naysayers do say, and a way we can improve our game would be a trade window. Yeah. And with what you're saying there about the off-season interest, I think that the trade window would really sort of all come together and peak um, with massive interest during an off-season week or two. Whenever that window sort of does open up, we'd have the two weeks leading up to it where pages like myself mm. um, and, and podcasts like yourself would sort of break down potential places and landing locations. Then we got the action itself. And then we'd have two weeks after that where we're all still talking about, you know, how's he going to look next year and mm. what does this mean for this club? Um, so I think that's um, that's probably the biggest thing a trade window would provide, just a ton of off-season interest. Hey, legends, I hope you're enjoying this edition of Andy Raymond Unfiltered. Would you like to be part of our team? Our sponsorship packages, they're ready to go. From scripted ads to website placement and social media promotions, personal appearances, voice recordings and more, the opportunities are limited only by your imagination. You set the terms. Unfiltered is reaching hundreds of thousands of potential clients every single week. And we cater to businesses both big and small. We'll work with you to guarantee you get exactly what you want, how you want, and when you want. If you're interested in joining our team, go to the website and hit the sponsorship tab, andyraymondunfiltered.com.au. I'm showing my age here, but I grew up without any internet. Uh, but even in the mainstream media... From November to February, you would be lucky to see any rugby league in any of the Sydney papers, um, the Herald or the or the Telly. Uh, so it's certainly changed, mate. Is there a most popular team? Who rules the socials as a club? 
as a, as a club, it's the Brisbane Broncos in terms of numbers. Yeah. Um, they've got a very loyal fan base and a huge fan base. And uh, I think for most footy fans listening to this podcast, it's not overly shocking when you consider yep. Sydney has, you know, eight or nine teams dispersed mm. in the one city, whereas the Broncos just have um, the one city. And, you know, just on that also, that's where I think the, the Dolphins themselves might have missed a trick here. Um, you know, naming themselves the Sunshine Coast Dolphins or the Red Clip or whatever it may be, yep. Morton Bay, and really tapping into a region mm. um, like the Brisbane Broncos have done extraordinarily well. I think they could have actually just called themselves the Brisbane Dolphins and taken the Broncos on head on. I don't see anything wrong with that. Or even the Southeast uh, Dolphins, and that's sort of incorporating everything from Morton Bay down to the Gold Coast, and they're not allowed to touch the Gold Coast, obviously, because uh, you're a Titans guy. Mate, um, which player, which team has got the best socials? Uh, Does one club stand out that do their socials particularly well? Mm, There's not one club that screams out. I think the Panthers do a magnificent job. The Rabbitohs do a a really interesting job. Um, The Knights, whenever they do their team lists, they do like a creative. It could be a wanted poster. It could be a fake movie poster. They they do really creative, awesome stuff there. Um, And I just think for clubs, it's really about trial and error. Um, And one thing, if I was an admin of an NRL, I'd be looking to America for inspiration. What do the big NBA teams and the NFL teams do well? And sort of taking that content and applying it to the NRL. Um, But, yeah, I'd probably say my top two would be the Rabbitohs and Panthers. Social media can be great. It can also be a pitfall. As an admin, is the negativity, the personal attacks, the keyboard warrior thing, is that getting better or worse? I would love to think that uh, we're growing as a, a society uh, and we're making better decisions before we, we jump on the keyboard? I think it's definitely gotten better for myself. I can't speak for, um, uh, from other point of views, I suppose. The biggest thing for me is, um, and I, I don't think a lot of people realise this, when I receive sort of you know, a hateful comment or um, a, a you suck with obviously much worse wording, you know, the same people that do that to me would leave that sort of comment on Fox League or Channel 9, yeah. which is, a you know, a massive, massive organisation. Yeah. Um, and to even be compared to them and, and you know, treated even similar to them, it's a compliment in itself. But mm. um, the thing is, it's Clarkie's Rugby League column. It, it, the, the brand is me. Um, yeah. You know, it's, it's my father's last name. It's his legacy. It's, it means so much to me. So maybe I do take, um, I guess, hateful comments a, a mm. little bit um, more to heart than I should. And I guess that's probably why um, sometimes I might not have reacted the best in the past, but I think I'm getting better. And I think as a whole, we are getting better on social media and starting to realise the impact our words can have on someone. Mainstream media thrive on it, live for it and actually perpetuate it. But does controversy work uh, on a social media perspective? Do the the controversial stories, posts or opinions get a larger reaction than others? It does, but I've made a conscious effort. Uh, I noticed... Back in the day, it would have been maybe 2018 or 2019. We had a shocking off-season full of controversy Mm. and all the other pages around me were sharing all the videos of players and, you know, quote-unquote, breaking all the bad news. And I made a conscious effort to step away from that and sort of create um, some separation from my page and others. And and a real point of difference I wanted to make was to only share the positives Mm. of that off-season. And the effect of that, you can still see it on Instagram to this day if anyone's listening after this hashtag NRL feel good. Um, you scroll okay. through that and there's hundreds of positive stories of players doing awesome work out in the community. Um, so for me, Andy, I, I always knew I, I, 
I, I do it for passion. What yeah. do I gain by sharing that and, you know, hurting that player or affecting mm. his life? It's, it's not me. It's not the morals and the values I have. It's not something I'll ever use my platform for. Um, so I'm extremely cautious about what I post. Facebook versus Instagram. A lot of guys um, going really hard in the social media space on Instagram. Your numbers, now correct me if I'm wrong, but your numbers far bigger on Facebook. Yeah, far bigger on Facebook, but I did start that when I was in year 12, which which would have been about seven years ago now. Is that so, right? Um, yeah, I was, I was really good at English. Um, my teacher was an author. He said, I've got great writing skills, um, and I wanted to combine that passion. Uh, where it actually came from, Andy, I, I don't know if you remember, but a few years ago on Facebook, you couldn't get a story. You'd have all these media outlets sharing. Um, this player has signed with X Club. Click here to find out. Yeah. And so what I would do is I would take that story and I'd write it in my own words, get a photo of the player and put it straight onto the Facebook feed. Um, and I sort of marketed my page around stop the clickbait. You yep. know, if you follow if you follow Clarky's Rugby League column, you're getting your news straight to your news feed. And that seemed to get me a nice start and really, really work, which I'm extremely grateful for because it is so hard to grow a Facebook page in the modern day. Yeah. It certainly is, mate. And side topic, but you have sponsors on uh, on your pages and you're raising money for charity, mate. Tell us a little more. Yeah, so last year I was operating on a 100% um, profits to charity. So I would take out the costs associated with uh, Photoshop and any other subscriptions such as News Corp, et cetera. Yep. Um, but then I was I, I can't I can't put my finger on the exact number, but it was a, a big significant contribution. Good on you. Um, and I was able to... And pretty much every time I do an ad, I throw that money straight into charity. That is awesome, mate. Hey, what's your f- favourite social media posts from the year? Favourite social media posts? Well, I, I can talk about my top five social media posts. Yeah, and, go. And this is what's really, really interesting. So number one, I'll start from the bottom actually. Number five uh, was the interview with George Kemposis and TFME Lopez um, in, in the ring after the fight. Yep. which is so interesting, Andy, but there's actually statistics, and this is from uh, Matty Rose, the CEO of No Limit Boxing, yep. to suggest that up to 80% of NRL fans also love boxing. Yeah. I know you love both the sports. I love both the sports. So there's definitely a big turnover right there. So I found that super interesting. Yep. Number four was the smart man, Wade Bennett. Um, he was discussing, this was after Australia and New Zealand withdrew from the World Cup. Yep. He said, if I've got any players that want to go and represent their culture and they're dual eligible, I will give them their full blessing that they can go ahead and do that. Number three, yeah, Brian Toto proposing after the grand final. <laughs> sort of goes back to what I was saying earlier. It's an incredible moment. He's an incredible man. He's extremely um, popular yeah. at the moment. Number two, this one you'll find really interesting. Um, the news that Reese Walsh will make his state of origin debut. Yeah. Obviously, it never um, went ahead, but there was some serious hype around that. And um, number one, this is this is one where... Um, it sort of ties into number four also. My highest interactive post for the entire year was my predicted World Cup lineups. And I think that shows that it was a genuine hunger and market for us to see some international footy back. And unfortunately, it didn't happen. Is that right? The predicted World Cup lineups uh, beat everyone? Yep, absolutely everything, Andy. And it wasn't even close, actually. I think that was the highest by three or 4,000 likes. So, you oh. know, the, the fans were crying out for international footy. And um, yeah, I think we really did miss a trick by not putting in the safety measures and, you know, kicking on with this World Cup. It's amazing with uh, predicted lineups or dream teams or things like that when someone names their predicted lineup or their dream team, 
it's their opinion, but people jump straight on and say, oh, you're wrong, Sam Burgess should be playing there instead of, you know, Sonny Bill Williams or Danny Baderas was a better hooker than Cameron Smith. Whatever the case may be, people try and tell you that your opinion's wrong and I sit here and I scratch my head and I think, you weren't asked for your <laughs> predicted side. You weren't asked for your dream team. Ah, uh, the opinions in rugby league. Hey, um... Which of this year's bottom eight sides improves enough to play finals footy next season? I would have to say probably the Dragons yeah. and Sharks. If I had to pick two, I think the Sharks, their signing of Craig Fitzgibbon as the head coach is incredible. Bringing over Dale Finucane, Cameron McInnes and uh, Nico Hines, I think that they are three incredible signings. And for the Dragons, I, th- I think it just comes back to the fact that they were actually on track to play finals yep. um, until they had that whole barbecue incident. That really derailed their season. And then you look at some of their signings this year. Um, they've got so many young guns like Amone, Tyrell Sloan, Jaden Sullivan that will continue to improve. Um, although both sides missed the finals uh, last year, I-, I could really see them making a run for the eight this year. I still get a giggle out of barbecue. I still think it is absolutely hilarious. It is always a pleasure, Clarkie. Thank you for dropping in, mate. Thanks, Andy. It was my pleasure. There you have it, another Andy Raymond Unfiltered podcast. What a year 2021 has been. The unique thing about this podcast is that you can listen to any episode, any time, and it'll make sense. Nothing is time critical, meaning the episodes don't date, ever. They're ready for you for when you're ready to listen. So subscribe to the podcast once you're done listening here and check out the biggest library of interviews in the game and start downloading the biggest names, the biggest interviews, the biggest stories all in the one place. Before you go, we'd love for you to hit that five-star rating for us on the app you're listening on. Write a review too. We'd love that. It helps us grow the brand and bring you more in 2022. Have a wonderful Christmas and New Year. Look after yourselves and make sure you come back soon, legends. I'm worried, I'm worried which direction this could go because with the loose ones, you can never be too comfortable. The bloke in a bar, the great Denon Kemper's lobbed. Legend, how's life behind the bar? Mate, it's uh, it's treating me well, treating me very well. Very, uh, yeah, just enjoying the off-season. Obviously, rugby league, the circus never ends, which is good <laughs> for us. Uh, absolutely loving it, mate, loving it. Do you still dream about rugby league players and rugby league players during the off-season or is it time to take a break and concentrate on Mrs. Bloke? <laughs> I think, uh, yeah, I think she deserves at least an off-season. So yeah. um, stopped dreaming about blokes and started dreaming about the missus during the off-season. Who are the dreamy ones, mate? If we got a top five from 2021, but more importantly, has the order or the list changed uh, over the course of the last 12 months? Oh, wow. Well, 2021, well, I mean, you've got to have Cam Murray at number one. Yeah. Uh, Connor Watson at number two. Yeah. Uh, you know, Joey Manu, definitely up there. I like I like a bit of Joey Manu. 
Yeah. Uh, I got Toby Rudolph because just because of his character. Love his character. Yeah. And who else we got there? I mean, I'm sure I'm missing someone. I'm sure people are devastated. Um, I'll just throw I'll, I'll throw Caelan Pong or Ryan Papanusen in there. For okay. Good, for good measure. Yeah, that's all right, mate. Uh, I know you're a fan of uh, Angus Crichton, the haircut. Fan or not of that? Mate, I love it. I think it's business time. I think he's gone, you know what? Yes. I looked great last year, played really well, but I'm going to shave the head and let's get down to business and the business is winning premierships. Bingo. Podcasts as a source of information or relaxation or just simple footy chat. It's a genuine alternative to mainstream media now and 2021 was huge for the industry, mate, I thought. Oh, absolutely. Like I wouldn't even consider it a – I mean, obviously, technically, it is an alternative, but I I think it is probably – I would argue that more people get deeper information uh, and get – if you were to put together how many minutes watched of mainstream TV shows, not the actual rugby league, and then put together how many podcast minutes – were consumed by uh, rugby league fans. I, I don't. I don't think it would be that much different. I think that mm. you know, yes, it may be a, still a slightly smaller base. Um, you know, I'll give our numbers for example. You know, we nearly hit fifty thousand to sixty thousand download, like probably fifty thousand downloads all up per episode. That that competes with someone like NRL three hundred and sixty. Absolutely, mean, I'm, I'm sure it does. Their ratings are their ratings are around the fifty sixty thousand mark. I think I could be wrong. Um, and so, you know, it's definitely getting up there where the numbers are becoming comparable. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that podcast is bigger than mainstream, not at all. But for how young it is, it's come on quite quickly. What did you make of the season, buddy? A uh, different one. Obviously, the game's played up in Queensland. or The NRL did a fabulous job in, in relocating at, at short notice. But the season as a whole, will it go down as a good, bad or indifferent one? Look, I think you could... You could say that the rule changes so swiftly. I think it started off pretty poorly. Yeah. But once – I think once they became – I know that NRL have said that they didn't change anything, and, and maybe they did not. I, I don't know. But from the eye view, just just the feel of it, it seems like they relaxed a little bit on some of the head highs and mm. uh, they were more vigilant on allowing uh, – not allowing teams to just lie on in the ruck when it comes to, you know, coming off your own end and giving away that first tackle. So I think, look, the start of the season with all of the rule changes and then, you know, start of the season was okay, but it was the mid-season with the head knock stuff and the head highs that I think really hurt us for hurt us for a good 10 weeks. Yeah, agreed. We found our bearings as we always do as a game and I think by the time we got into finals footy, it was some really, really good stuff. So a bit of a mixed bag, I'd say, this season. The magic round rule change debacle where players – you know, they were getting sent off or sin bin by the dozen over that weekend. I mean, that was just madness. You can't do that to footballers and or coaches and just say, you know, the game's changing in now. Everyone needs a little oh, yeah. little bit of warning. Absolutely. Now, they'll argue that, you know, we gave two weeks warning or whatever, but when it comes to such an integral part of the game, and mm. also we have to remember that head highs are very, very rarely if at all intentional, yep. they're usually mistakes. So it's going to take a good preseason of learning how to tackle differently. It's going to take rules that promote leg tackles, rules that uh, help players not have to go high, not have to wrap the ball up. Um, and, you know, I don't want to add more rules to the game. I think that we don't – I think we need to keep it the way it is. But 
yeah, to expect players just to immediately change their tackle technique and leave absolutely no margin for error, I um, it was quite surprising. And also, it was just surprising the kind of the narrative that we hadn't cared about head highs before. The narrative that yeah. it was just the wild west, and yeah. you know we didn't have things in place to stop head highs. We we did care about head highs, and you know we had a pretty good system. And I think that when we kind of leaned back to that system, everything evened itself out again. So. Um, look, I think the NRL's heart was absolutely in the right place. Like everyone agreed with the intentions of the NRL. I just think the implementation was a little bit rushed. Uh, it, it seemed like the choice of the magic round. I could be totally wrong, very conspiratorial thinking, but maybe it was to send a message yeah. uh, publicly to say to you know young to say to young families that we really do care about this and you should come and play rugby league because we're stamping out at top level again. That's all just assumption. Could be totally wrong, uh, but I think if I think if the NRL had their time back, they probably would have eased it in a little bit better. Because as I said, you won't find a single rugby league fan that doesn't agree that any way we can stop players from getting knocked out, let's do that. Um, it's just how we do it that I think we've all got to get to agree on. Hundred percent, mate. I love your social media commentary, and by commentary, I mean your clips on Instagram of you actually commentating of footy from time to time. Keon Kaloa Matangi and Stefanu Utukamanu on the same side could be a little bit of Denon Kemp bloke in the bar gold. What's your favourite name to scream out at the TV? Oh, it had to be. I mean, he didn't get much of a run, but it had to be Magulius when he was playing. Yep. The great Magulius. Absolutely loved to yell that out. I mean, we've got some fantastic names in the NRL. One of the an underrated one is Anari Tuala. I mean, yeah. does it get any better than that? Yeah, no, that's a, uh, a fair boxing name or wrestling name, isn't it? Oh, it's absolutely brilliant. It's brilliant. So, I mean, we've got another young kid from Raiders coming through, Xavier Savage. Yeah. It, just, it gets better and better. Which of them would be fair wrestling tag teams, mate, do you think? Uh, going on names only, who could join our good mate Daniel Vito, who's doing great things over there in the WWE? I mean, it's got to be Toby Rudolph, surely. Yeah, Toby Rudolph would—he would suit the the actor, the showmanship, the dramatics of it all. Uh, I'd have to go Toby Rudolph. I think he'd make an excellent WWE star. Done, mate. You're a Brizzy boy. Dolphins. What are your thoughts? Yeah, look, I think that people, you know, it's very easy to let the to get caught up in the uh, impatience of it all. You know, the media loves to and it's great the media are so you know they're a great part of our game they make it what it is today so there's absolutely no knock on the media but the media does tend to kind of whip up a bit of oh shit we better sign someone now and oh the world's falling i think you know i think everyone just needs to pump the brakes a bit they've got quite a while as we have learned over the last few years in rugby league it takes you know two weeks in the world of rugby league is two years you know some guy that was a part of a club's plans for the next 10 years all of a sudden falls out of favor and, you know, the Dolphins pick him up. Also, we have to remember that the Dolphins can't afford to rush into signatures yet because you don't want to sign the wrong person that puts in the wrong foundation to a club. So maybe you, you take a bit of hit that first year, mm. but you sign the, the right guy next year. You've got to be thinking 10 to 20 years in the future. Now, I, I totally understand that, you know, you need results and we're a result-driven business. But at the same time, it's, it's very different to other clubs' recruitment. You're recruiting guys that you can build a foundational club from. It, you cannot afford to stuff that up. You cannot afford to be rushed and pressured into a guy that may be a gun, 
but maybe he's naturally gifted and he doesn't help the young fellas. You mm. know, so it's such a balancing act. And I think that, you know, there has been, I guess, a bit of a media push of, oh no, oh no, it's getting a bit late. They haven't signed any stars yet. Pump the brakes. I think they're going to be okay, and I think they'll they'll put together a solid team for that first twelve months for sure. Yeah, they will. Hey, legends! I hope you're enjoying this edition of Andy Raymond Unfiltered. Would you like to be part of our team? Our sponsorship packages—they're ready to go. From scripted ads to website placement and social media promotions, personal appearances, voice recordings, and more. The opportunities are limited only by your imagination. You set the terms. Unfiltered is reaching hundreds of thousands of potential clients every single week. And we cater to businesses both big and small. We'll work with you to guarantee you get exactly what you want, how you want, and when you want. If you're interested in joining our team, go to the website, hit the sponsorship tab, andyraymondunfiltered.com.au Mate, uh, random one, Mitchell Pearce, in my opinion, the bloke's cop far too much shit uh, for too long. I'm sad to see him leave, for now anyway. I'm worried for the Knights without him a little bit. What are you saying? Yeah, it is very interesting with the Knights, very interesting. You know, it's one of those things where... It's easy in hindsight to say they should have signed Mitchell Pearce for two years. But, again, when it was all going down, I really thought yeah. they should have signed him for two years. The, the depth in the halves just doesn't seem to be there like it used to. I, I feel like, you know, in the early 2000s, in the 90s, that there was at least, you know, 16 halfbacks or, you know, let's say 12 halfbacks that you go, you know what, I can see them winning a premiership. Yeah. Whereas I feel like these days, really, if you're really being honest with yourself, there's probably four or five guys, maybe. But even if that, you could you could chop it down to four that yep. you could go, you know what, they can win a premiership. Um, and so I do think there's a real lack of depth in the halves. So it was surprising that they allowed him to go. But I think it's such a great ending for Mitchell Pierce's career. Get the great contract over in the Dragons. You've given so much to the game. You've put up with so much shit. Go and get your good contract. Enjoy the sunset. Enjoy the last few years of your career. And no one's... You know, no one's going to think that he's going to go over there and, and not have a crack. Mitchell Pierce, if there's one thing he did, was have a crack every single game. So, yes, it sucks for the Knights, but I also have a lot of respect for them to say, you know, they could have been selfish and they could have said, no way, we need you. Mm. And they've, they've respected the legacy of Mitchell Pierce and gone, you know what? Look how much you've done for the game. We'll let you go early. You've earned it. Thanks for everything, mate. And I think it's. Uh, Although a puzzling decision, it's also I've got to show a lot of uh, respect to the Knights for doing that for Mitchell Pearce. I'm going to combine our last two topics. Here's a smoky. I'm expecting Mitchell Pearce will be the Dolphins' inaugural halfback. If I can borrow Coach Beak very briefly, would that marriage work? Well, that's an interesting one. Very interesting. I mean, if he goes to south of France and his body holds up all right, I wouldn't mind it. And I could get him for a good price. Wouldn't mind it at all. Wouldn't mind it at all. Um you know, they, I tell you what, they could do a lot worse than Mitchell Pearce in the seven, that's for sure. Let's stick with Coach Beak. Best of 2021. Who you got? Did the right guy get the Dally M? Oh, absolutely. You'd have to go Tom Dravojevic. Mm. We've never seen anything like that. You know, look, Jared Haynes, when you look at what rugby league's all about, it's about winning premierships, getting to grand finals. So I still think Jared Haynes, 2009, the fact that they got to the grand final all the way from, I mm. think, 12th or 14th or whatever it is, 
you still would have to say that's the best individual year just because they got to grand final and they lost to an over-the-cap storm. Mm. But if you're talking about just pure individual performances, just about the individual, no one's ever done what Tom Trevojevic done has mm. done and no one's ever come close to putting up the numbers that he has. I mean, he normalised three tries, six line breaks and three tries. That became normal for him. Mm-hmm. He was playing so well. He was averaging over two Dalian points a game. We we will never, you know, we may see it again in 2022, but it was one of the great years, one of the one of the years for the ages. Hundred percent, I do agree with you, mate, on the Jared Hayne thing in uh, 2009. Very very special. Hey, can the off season avoid another scandal? Three months, no issues. It would be very unrugby league like. Oh, mate. I mean, look, if there's no scandal, we'll create one. It's rugby league. There we go. It's what we do. Yep. It's all. It's it. It's not an off-season without a few scandals, that's for sure. Pete Volandis, winning or losing? I think that overall winning, I think he had a, a, an incredible 2020. I think 2021, I think he he had a few errors, a few bumps along the way. But again, of course he's not going to be perfect. No mm. one is. I, I love the fact that he kind of come out and he wore it and he understood that, you know, maybe we push things along a bit too quickly. Um, so absolutely overall winning but I, I do think his 2020 was a bit probably a bit more positive than 2021 just with the head high stuff um, but outside of that you know he's he's been incredible that his, his ability to get the game back on track his ability to get deal done um, he's been incredible you know he's had probably one or two decisions I disagree with but I disagree we all disagree on things so yeah. outside of the the head high stuff um, and maybe some of the rule changes that I think came a bit too quick, uh, I would give him an A mark. Uh, I think he's been great. You're a proud Queenslander, mate. It was announced during this year Billy Slater would be the new Origin coach. Is that a yes or a no from you? Oh, it's an absolute yes from me because yeah, you know, as we saw with Wayne Bennett, it's not it's not about you know over coaching them in Origin. It's about getting a group of 17 blokes or 25 blokes together and believing in something. And if mm. Billy Slater can't do that then I don't know what it is. Like when we look at, you know, tactical stuff, is there anything we really see in origin that's it's crazy out of the box tactics? No, not really. We just see a very fast game and whoever wants it more usually wins. Alex Johnston, again, outstanding. Is he the most underrated player in the game? If not, who? Ooh, most underrated player in the game. I would actually have to go with my man, Daniel Tupu. You yeah. know, he's won three premierships every year. He's up around the 150 to 200 metre mark. Mm-hmm. He continues to deliver. Even this year, you know, Brian Toll was obviously the winger of the year, but he continues to deliver high, high quality performances, uh, score clutch tries when he needs to, save clutch tries, and he's been doing it forever, and he's just been flying under the radar. I, I honestly think he's one of the most underrated players in the game. And of all the wingers in the game, he's won the most premierships. Mm. Um, uh, you know, I think Daniel Tupu is right up there. I, I really rate him highly. Last couple, season highlight for you, mate. What was it? Wow, season highlights. Oh, man, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. That's a really tough one. I probably, you know, I thought a few of those Penrith games that were just, that Penrith-Eels game was was pretty incredible. Yeah. Pretty incredible. Uh, You know, that I just, I love the fact that when we got into the finals, after a year that, you know, it was cricket scores, and we were going, oh, no, this mm-hmm. is footy. By the end of the season, it was, oh, this is footy, those tight, grindy games. So 
Look, I, I loved I loved the fact of uh, Ivan Cleary handing Clive Churchill to his son. I yeah. thought that was incredible. But highlight of the year was probably watching Tom Trebojevic do things we've never seen before. I think that was a true highlight. Certainly is, mate. I'm not a huge fan of the craft beers. Old school, I stick with the same fluid I've been enjoying, but I love yours. I'm not a marketing guy, but I do have something for you, a promo line idea, and it is this. Just put a bloke in your mouth. Thoughts? <laughs> hey, look, it's uh, it's provocative, that's for sure. Very yeah. provocative. Give the socials and the potties a plug legend before we run out of here. Uh, it's just at bloke in a bar. At bloke in a bar. You will find it anywhere if you haven't heard it, haven't seen it, don't know what you've been doing. Great chatting, Big Nuts. Always fun. Have a great Christmas and thanks for stopping in. There you have it, another Andy Raymond Unfiltered podcast. What a year 2021 has been. The unique thing about this podcast is that you can listen to any episode, any time, and it'll make sense. Nothing is time critical, meaning the episodes don't date, ever. They're ready for you for when you're ready to listen. So subscribe to the podcast once you're done listening here and check out the biggest library of interviews in the game and start downloading. The biggest names, the biggest interviews, the biggest stories, all in the one place. Before you go, we'd love for you to hit that five-star rating for us on the app you're listening on. Write a review too. We'd love that. It helps us grow the brand and bring you more in 2022. Have a wonderful Christmas and New Year. Look after yourselves and make sure you come back soon, legends. Legends.